MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Hi, today is Monday, March 6th. Kathy's out. I'll handle the news duties. Let's begin. Two teenagers, including a 14-year-old, were among five people killed in Philadelphia over the weekend. Police said that there were a total of seven people shot over an eight-hour span from Saturday night into Sunday morning. 14-year-old male was shot twice in the chest around 8.26 p.m. Saturday in the 6,000 block of Haddington Lane in Overbrook. He was taken to uh, Lankanau Hospital where he was pronounced dead about an hour later. Two men were shot and killed on the 6,000 block of Sansom Street. Just a few minutes later, the victims, a 33-year-old man and a 24-year-old man, were both shot multiple times. And a 19-year-old man was shot and killed in the 3700 block of North Carlisle Street in the Tioga Nicetown X section around 9.20 p.m. Saturday. He was taken to Temple University Hospital and was pronounced dead. And then early Sunday morning, police say a man in his 30s died after he was shot eight times. That happened around 4 a.m. at the intersection of West Huntington and West Cumberland Street. Meanwhile... Uh, meanwhile, a mother is recovering after she was shot by her six-year-old child around 11 p.m. on Saturday in the city's only section. Uh, police said the child found the weapon outside, brought it into the home. And in another non-fatal shooting on Saturday, police say an 18-year-old man is recovering after he was shot multiple times around 11.35 p.m. on the 1100 block of West Venango Street. Uh, officers are still searching. For several suspects in connection with these incidents, anyone with information is asked to call police at 215-686-TIPS. Students at West Oak Lane High School are getting ready to transition to another building nearly six miles away. This was after an inspector found asbestos in their school last week. We heard about this last week. Uh, The school district of Philadelphia says that it shut down Building 21 last Wednesday after an inspector found asbestos to be exposed in the auditorium and stairways during a routine check. Uh, Starting today, students will temporarily transition to Strawberry Mansion High School. uh, And the Building 21, which was built in 1915, now joins a list of the more than 2,200 asbestos abatement projects in the Philadelphia School District. 2,200. Unbelievable. Exposed asbestos is a health risk, and the minerals can cause cancer. Uh, the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers says that old buildings like Building 21 have been neglected, and the district needs to invest more money in caring for them. Uh, caring for old facilities is part of Superintendent Tony Wallington's transition plan. And uh, meanwhile, workers are outside of Building 21 loading trucks. This was on Sunday morning, uh, loading it up with gear to be taken to Strawberry Mansion High School. The district says that it picked Strawberry Mansion High uh, because it has unused classroom space in a separate area of the building. And they will be able to keep Building 21 students together there. Uh, Students were invited to an open house at the school Sunday afternoon to tour the building and to pick up SEPTA passes as well. In an older city with these old buildings, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And then finally, officers received a call about what appeared to be an alligator (laughs) 
at FDR Park wow. in South Philadelphia on Sunday morning. <clears throat> Playing frisbee. Uh, but experts with ACCT Philly later determined the animal was actually a caiman. Oh. Uh, the species typically inhabits bodies of water in Mexico along with Central and South America. Uh, they're not native to Philadelphia, as you may right. not know. <clears throat> Or the United States, uh, actually. <laughs> Officers took the three-foot reptile to ACCT Philly headquarters, and uh, officials say that it is illegal to release caimans into the wild. I would imagine. You were not aware of that. But... Now, it claims it was visiting a an alligator relative in the area. Okay. okay. So uh, right. we're still trying to find out what happened. We have to hear it out uh, before we make judgment, of course. All right, in sports this morning. <laughs> So the Sixers, who ended the Bucks' 16-game winning streak with a 133-130 to win in Milwaukee on Saturday night, are on the road again tonight. Uh, and they have a game in end against uh, the Pacers in Indiana. Tip-off will be at 7 p.m. The Flyers beat the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, yeah they won 3-1 last night. Uh, and uh, Nick DeLaurier scored a shorthanded goal. Uh, Noah Coates, or Cates, I'm sorry, and Scott Lawton also scored. And Carter Hart stopped 24 shots in the win. Now, the Flyers are second in the NHL in shorthanded goals with 11 this season. There you go. They're most in a single season since uh, 2011 when they scored 13 of them. And Lawton skated to it in his 500th NHL game, the 39th player to reach that mark in franchise history. And just the 19th player uh, to play each of his first 500 NHL games as a flyer. Wow. They're on the road tomorrow night with a game in Tampa Bay against the Lightning. And finally, uh, Inter-Miami beat the defending Eastern Conference champion Philadelphia Union in a 2-0 home win on Saturday night. The Union will be back at home Saturday. They will have a match against uh, Chicago FC, and that will begin at Subaru Park at 7.30. And that is what I have in uh, sports and news and all fine, that Fine, fine jobs. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thankfully, that, that'll probably be my last day to do that. Hopefully, Kathy will return uh, tomorrow morning. We'll give it a bit of an update of uh, what's going on with her a little later on. Uh, but in the meantime, we welcome you back from the weekend. We're back from the Cardboard Classic. We had a great time in Montage Mountain. We'll oh. be recapping some of that later on. And the sun's coming up, Preston. Yeah, it's looking like earlier and earlier these days. Beautiful sunrise, yeah. I know. But next is it this wait this coming weekend? Uh, yeah, uh, we uh, spring forward, move yeah. the clocks forward, so it'll be dark again for a little a while. A week from now, it'll be a little bit dark about it this time, but that's okay. I'll, I'll trade it for the later I daylight. I agree. It's a wonderful thing. So, um, we have a few things to mention today. We have a new Word of the Week prize. We got four tickets on the floor to see Muse. Ah! Will of the People Tour. It's going to be Sunday, March 19th at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, special guest will be Evanescence at that show as well. Uh, so, we will make sure you have your chance to win that with the Letter of the Day Word of the Week coming up at the end of the program. We'll have a five-letter word this week, a full week of broadcasting, and your chance to win that. Uh, we also have a couple of... Nick, can you pull up those guests? Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. So we have uh, actress Diane Franklin joining us today. So uh, you might know her, especially if um, 
in the 1980s, you were uh, you were into movies with, um, I guess, what's the best way to put it? <clears throat> sex comms. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. sex comms, maybe right? so. So in uh, Better Off Dead. She's great. One of our favorite movies. She yeah. plays the French foreign exchange student. <laughs> uh, and in uh, Last American Virgin, uh, she plays uh, this... Uh, she she's the I, it's such a crush on her. When yeah, I'm she was awesome, and yeah. that that movie's a downer. We'll have to bring it up. I know. to her and Bill and Ted's. That's right. She's yeah. one of the princesses. Yeah, absolutely. So we will talk to her later on this morning. She's got an autobiography called, autobiography called "The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the Eighties. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah, I love that title. So. Uh, we'll chat with her later on uh, this morning. Our buddy uh, Paul Eisenberg with a charity mention. We'll get to him a little bit later on. And I believe we're making an announcement today. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I thought that was the scheduled uh, I plan. thought it was moved to, to tomorrow. It, that that uh, other announcement? That's yeah. the other thing with the guy? Yeah. Tomorrow. That's tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah, well, this is a pre-tease, Preston. Yeah. But it's going to be a good one. All right. Mm. So uh, I'll tell you. All day about the fact that we have an announcement tomorrow morning. That's so how you make sure it. that you are with yeah. us throughout the whole day. All right, with that, let's take a quick break. We will come back in a second. The Entertainment Report and Super Question. I got all this stuff lined up and ready to go. So hang out. We'll be back in just a sec. Yeah, we want to go for a ride in the car. Our tail is so wagging right now. Take us along with the MMR app. It's Apple CarPlay and Android compatible, which means we get to sit in the dashboard screen. We'll even send you notifications if you want. Download it and try it now. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's ask a stupid question and give away a prize. We have a $50 Metro Diner dining card to give away to the correct answer to this question. Name the three U.S. states that are only four letters long. 215-263-WMMR. Do you happen to know the answer to that? Call us now. All right, I need you to name... The three U.S. states that are only four letters long. 215-263-WMMR. Got a big list of uh, birthdays to mention today. Uh, Start with a couple of actresses. Uh, Moira Kelly. Yes. And uh, from time to time, on rare occasions, you'll hear us say the phrase, Topic. (laughs) And that comes from the movie The Cutting Edge, which uh, she's she's, uh, uh, a professional ice skater. 
Uh, and I remember her. She was in uh, Chaplin and uh, with honors. And uh, yeah, she's a tiny little thing. She's, she's very like small, five footer. Yeah, she's uh, she's really good in Chaplin. I just watched that again. And Robert Downey Jr. is excellent. Yeah, won the Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, she is fifty five years old today. Uh, the very lovely Connie Britton has her birthday. She's uh, firmly in MILF status, right? Very much so. Did yes. you watch any of the Friday Night Lights? Uh, no, I did not. I, I was all in on it for that first season, and then I sort of disconnected. But that was a really solid show. She And she's good in whatever she does. She's uh, the wife in the first season of White Lotus, correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, uh, Steve Zahn's mm-hmm. wife. Yep. Uh, and she was in Nashville, and a great movie called uh, This Is Where I Leave You. She's in that, too. She turns uh, 56 years old today. Uh, it's Tom Arnold's birthday as well. Uh, movies like True Lies. And, uh, True Lies was kind of a uh, an eye-opener because he had, for the longest time, he was just attached to Roseanne Barr, and he was the kind of the hanger-on, and that was the deal, and you didn't really know what his story was. But in that movie, I'm like, oh. Right, yeah. This guy's actually pretty good. I yeah. liked him a lot yeah, in that movie. Yeah. That's kind of where I, I fully came yeah. around on him because exactly. I didn't really like him that much. But uh, you yeah, know, he's got some good lines in that movie. He was good friends with Chris Farley, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so he turns 64 years old today. Stedman Graham, ah. businessman, Oprah Winfrey's longtime boyfriend. I think one day I want to hear the full story on the Stedman thing, If they what the relationship has been like through the years. So did they ever come close to getting married? Was that ever something? Uh, you know, not that it's required, but it's such a long relationship. And he's from South Jersey, right? Like from the uh, Rio Grande area? Because I, I know that um, they will end up going to like Congress Hall in Cape May and stuff like that, and I think that's because his family's from down there. Okay. I didn't know if he grew up in that area. I, I knew that, you know, there was a connection to that uh, Cape May general vicinity. I think that's what the connection is. Interesting. I think, I think he still has family there. Do you think he's ever asked Oprah to bring Gail King into the bedroom? Because they're, the, so they're, oh. they're good friends. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Man, that's crossing a line if you're not careful. So maybe <laughs> he play didn't it. do it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he is. Uh, he turned 72 years old today. Uh, the senior member of our birthday list today would be Mr. Alan Greenspan. Wow. <laughs> Former Federal Reserve Chairman is 97 years well, old. Today. Now working as a club DJ. What? Yeah. Uh, really? He loves it. He I, loves it. It's his passion. Yeah. You know, and that's what you got to follow. Especially after you retire, you need to gotta have something else. Have something to do. <laughs> um, it's Shaq's birthday today. Shaquille O'Neal. Supercalifragilistic Shaq is allidocious. That's a, literally a line from his movie or from from his rap uh, song. Uh, oh gosh, is it called, is it called What's Up Doc? I don't know. Can we rock? Is that see if you can find it? Uh, yeah, I think we have it. I think we have it's, it. he has he had a rap song called What's Up Doc. Yeah. Uh, okay. He wasn't known as Doc though. Mm, what's up, Doc? Can we rock? What's up, Doc? Can we rock? How uh, many movies is he? He so he did um, uh, Blue Chips, right? Kazam, that's Kazam. a good movie. Kazam, Blue Chips yeah. is a good movie. Blue Chips, yeah. and what's that other one where he was he was in a, 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 like a metal suit where he was a oh, superhero? Right. Oh, horrible man! It's horrible. What was that called? Oh my god! You forgot about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it was like a a real. It was like a knockoff Iron Man. Oh yeah, really cheap. Version of the suit. Oh, there you go. Steel. Steel is what yeah. it's called. It looks like he's wearing a garbage can. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I uh, I really do like him. He he and, and Charles Barkley are great on the TNT, like, pregame show and, uh, and halftime show. And he works, like, he has, oh, yeah. he gets into all these businesses. I think I think he still has a percentage of the ring company, um, you know, and obviously he's doing what, what Little Caesars. 
I mean, he, oh, he the, buys the little general and all that right, stuff. All that stuff. But and this, and I just saw it on Instagram. Uh, he's quoted as saying, "Because his kids, you know, they're, they're growing up all bougie and stuff." He goes, "You know, I had to remind my kids, yo, you guys are not rich." <laughs> I'm rich, <laughs> right? <laughs> My money. It's a good perspective. It is not your money. And he's a great personality, uh-huh. man. And, and I did enjoy, he had a, and I've mentioned this before, he had a show for a while, I forgot what it was called, but he was taking on other sports. Like oh, he yeah. Would, he would play, you know, he would he would train and play baseball, yeah. or he would train and box. It was and good. Like it was, I thought yeah. it was really well done. Uh, he is 51 years old today. Uh, the great Rob Reiner celebrates a birthday as well. So many great movies throughout the years that he has directed or been a part of the writing team. I remember uh, when I mean, he directed Spinal Tap, oh. and I remember seeing that. That was one of the, and I clearly remember, Preston, it's one of the rare times in my life where I drove home laughing in the car just remembering <laughs> the movie. Yeah. That's how hard it hit me. The first time I saw it, I was at, uh, it was my, my grandfather's retirement party and the place that we were on, there was a room set aside where the kids could kind of go hang out and the TV was on and that was on and I was, I don't know how old I was when that movie came out, but I remember watching it going, is this real? <laughs> like, it was. It just happened to be on, and I came in the middle of it. I'm like, this can't be real. <laughs> was it like the first mockumentary style? I think it's it's credited with setting the mold. So okay. I'm going to say, I think it's it's recognized that way. If there's any that predates it, I'm not familiar. But, yeah, that's the one where I just remember thinking, dear God, this is hilarious. Preston, you, saw, you haven't seen uh, Wolf of Wall Street, have you? No. Okay, because he plays um, Leo DiCaprio's father in it, and it's their good. dynamic is freaking hilarious. And, okay. like, he's trying to tamp down. Leo's behavior and, and he can't and they, they just fight all the time but in a really funny way he's really really funny in that movie uh, other great movies like A Few Good Men and When Harry Met Sally and uh, The American President he is 76 years old today uh, Valentina Tereshkova hmm. is the first woman in space Soviet cosmonaut uh, she is 86 years old today. So when was her mission? It, it was early on. Like I think, in the 60s? Man. I think she was, uh, that, that uh, Russia sent her up yeah. pretty early on in the space race. And and Steve, I don't know, Nick is pulling up the uh, the info on that, but uh, yeah. Wow, she's, 63. Yeah, yeah okay. It's was pretty freaking wild. Yeah. Uh, Steve, it's Kiki D's birthday Kiki today. Kiki D! Uh-huh. Yes, Elton John and Kiki D. Yep, huge hit with Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Oh, that's who that is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And she also had, man, there's a song, she did a, a version of the song, I Got the Music in Me. It's actually really, really, really Is that the good. most popular version? Was that a hit? A pop- I, it was yeah, a yeah, hit. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I've gone back and, and listened to it a couple times, and her vocals are solid in that song. Like every variety show at the time performed that song at some point or another, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. She's 76 today. All right, big one in the world of guitarists. Mr. David Gilmour has oh, his birthday yeah. today. We just talked about the 50th anniversary. This is him on Heartbeat. Yeah, this is him on the Heartbeat. This is going to be I a know. long time before I we know. get to any guitar here, Case. <laughs> I How about uh, uh, Run Like Hell? All right. Yeah, it starts like off hell. with some guitar. Uh, David Gilmour, you just can't deny. And he's, he's one of those guitarists, too. Now, you have your shredders. You have people who play... A thousand notes yep. a second. David Gilmore is not one of those, but Mm-mm. what he does, what he is able to come up with with that guitar is emotion and grit and and just all kinds of feelings that that can come up from. Not necessarily he can. He, a lot of times you think of speed giving that aggressive feel, but the right bends and all this stuff, he is just phenomenal. Well, man. I think that the soloing comfortably numb. Oh. 
is one of the greatest solos of all time. And I agree. It is, as you just said, Preston, it's raw emotion. Yeah. Uh, he is, and he's a great singer as well. You can't deny uh, the vocals on top of uh, David Gilmour. He turns 77 years old today. And he's a pilot, yes. That's, uh, oh, I don't know, is yeah, he? Yeah, Are we believe, talking about that the other day? He's talking about uh, learning to fly is yeah. his, his oh. flight experience. No way. Yeah. The happy 77 to Mr. David Gilmore. Uh, we also have uh, D.L. Hewley. Is it Hewley or Hughley? Did you say Hughley? Uh, so he's a comedian, actor, director, uh, the Hugleys, the show. We had him in. Uh, <laughs> I think so. I think he was here with Tim Daly. He was here with Tim Daly, and uh, David Faustino <laughs> drove them over. At that point, Married with Children was off. He was picking up money. Big birthday for him. Uh, and we missed one over the weekend. I didn't know this, but our very own Kyle Mack. Hey! the weekend, Aww. so a big happy birthday. He said he had a great uh, time this weekend, had a gig, his you know band, what? FM nice. and everything. He yeah. distinguished himself very nicely. It was a lot of, you know, at the uh, at the Cardboard Classic and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the FM band. The FM band, yep. yeah, and, and he's awesome. And by the way, our engineers are so rough around the edges. And poor Kyle, he hasn't done any of this stuff. It was his first Cardboard Classic, and Rob and Rodney are just, I have to have a conversation with those guys. Like, lay the F off. They give him zero guidance and nothing but guff, you know? And and I'm saying this publicly. Lay off! (laughs) This is his first time. And they were giving him such a hard time. Really? Yes. They're beating up on him? Yeah. That's not cool. Grumpy people over there in our engineering department. All righty. Well, uh, sorry about that, Kyle, and happy birthday to you. That was your birthday present from me to you. Wow. Yeah. Let's see if we can get an answer to the super question this morning. Uh, How many U.S. states, or I'm sorry, name the three U.S. states uh, that are only four letters long, 215-263-WMMR. And we are going to go to John, see if we can get the answer. Yo, John, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Got Zooks. Got Zooks to you. So, all right, so the three U.S. states that are only four letters long, name them, please. Definitely not Mississippi, right? Not, right, Mississippi. not that I think, no. Uh, Ohio, uh, Ohio, Utah, and Iowa. You are correct, sir. Right. Iowa, Ohio, Utah. John's got it right. Hang on the line. We are going to give you a $50 Metro Diner dining card. Now serving new stacked sandwiches. Bite into Metro Diner's latest crispy fried chicken or shrimp po' boys layered with fresh lettuce, tomato, and chipotle ranch. Served on a hoagie roll, and you can visit MetroDiner.com for all of the information. Uh, at the box office this weekend, Creed 3 was number one, made $58.6 million. So it exceeded estimates. Yep. Uh, followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And you had Cocaine Bear at number three, Demon Slayer Sword... Sword Village? Yeah, I guess so. That's all one word, Sword Village. Demon Slayer Sword Village? Yeah. Uh, Jesus oh, Rip. I'm what? sorry, it's an anime movie. Oh, well, there we go. Oh, all right. right. Uh, Those are doing huge the, uh, over the past year, year and a half. The anime stuff has been killing. Uh, followed by Jesus Revolution. Which Ap- I found out Jesus Revolution, Steve, is a uh, it is a sequel to Jesus uh, Reloaded. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Avatar, The Way of the Water, <laughs> followed by... It took me forever to get that. <laughs> I was with you all the way. Joke out. I was with you. I wasn't going to give up on you. Uh, uh, then you have Operation <laughs> Jesus Reloaded. There it is. Revolution. Let's go back. <clears throat> Operation Fortune, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And then you had uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. And finally in the top ten was 80 for Brady. 
So Chris Rock broke his silence about Will Smith slapping him at the uh, Academy Awards nearly a year ago uh, during the Netflix special Chris Rock Selective Outrage on Saturday. Uh, He blamed Smith's outburst on Jada Pinkett Smith's affair with singer August Alzina, uh, which Jada referred to as an entanglement an entanglement. in 2020. Yes. And he refers to the entanglement. So I watched the whole thing last night. I didn't watch it when it originally aired live. Yeah, uh, yeah right. And I thought it was really good. And I and so, Preston, it, it comes in, in the last 10 minutes of the of the hour. Right. And uh, the one thing I felt, Casey, I don't know if you felt, uh, um, even though all this time has passed, as he started to get into it, it was bubbling up. You oh, could yeah. tell. You could tell he's because he does. He never gets off his game. He never. He fumbled a word here and there because uh-huh. I think he was like, it was like dying to get out of him, and so it, it threw him off a little bit. But he recorrected and got on point. Right. This is also live too. Right. Live, I mean, they yeah. carried it live, so right. there's no editing. Yeah. It's not right. like they they film a concert or you know and yeah. take these parts and, and take out the little flubs. But he messed up a, a word. Which messed up the joke, and then he... And then he redid the joke. And then so he re- basically redid the joke. He's like, yeah. I messed up the joke. I meant to say concussion, not emancipation. Right. Uh, but yeah. we, have a, we have a couple clips if you want yeah. to go do it. let's them. play this. So this is when he initially brings up the uh, the slap in the segment. Here we go. Y'all know what happened to me? Getting smacked by Suge Smith. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody fucking knows. Yes. <laughs> It happened. I got smacked like a year ago. F***ing last week. I got smacked at the f***ing Oscars by this motherfucker. <laughs> People like, did it hurt? It still hurts. <laughs> I got summertime ringing in my ears. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, him talking about Will being much bigger. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I know you can't tell on camera. Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. We are the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Muslim does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. <laughs> and then he dips into the uh, the affair that, yeah, uh, that goes Jada hard, man. Had. So, yeah, this is when he dived in. For people that don't know what everybody knows, his wife was her son's friend, okay? Now, I normally would not talk about this but for some reason, these put that on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that fucking low down. What the fuck? We all been cheated on. Everybody in here have been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. None of us. It's like, hey, I was sucking somebody else's How did that make you feel? Uh, and then he mentions it easy. He's always rooted for, for Will Smith, yeah. you know, for his success. He made some great movies. I have rooted for Will Smith my whole life. I root for this motherfucker, okay? And now I, I watch Emancipation just to see him get whooped. <laughs> <laughs> Got me rooting for Massa, okay? I hit him again, Massa. You missed the spot, Massa. You missed the spot. 
Uh, and then he, he answers the question why he didn't hit him back. Yeah, and this is literally the it's the end of the special. He does a, a, a full blown mic drop. Yeah, right, here we go. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back? How come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. Okay? I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. <laughs> Drop some mic. Drop some mic. Yep. Well. Yeah. So there you go. We've been waiting for that. And I uh, got it all out in the open, and now it's there for you to see anytime you want. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another big story, and we knew that this was uh, coming soon, but Tom Sizemore died over the weekend. He was 61 years old. Uh, he had suffered a brain aneurysm in uh, earlier in February, February 18th, at his home in L.A., uh, died in his sleep on Friday at a hospital in Burbank. Uh, his manager, Charles Lago, had stated. We were getting word that they had made end-of-life decisions, yeah. uh, like last week. Yep. Uh, he became a star with acclaimed appearances in Natural Born Killers, cult classic crime thriller Heat, but uh, serious substance dependency, abuse allegations, multiple run-ins with the law, devastated his career, left him homeless at one point, sent him to jail. Uh, despite the raft of legal trouble, Sizemore had scores of steady film and television credits, uh, although his career never regained its one-time momentum aside from uh, Black Hawk Down and, and Pearl Harbor. Most of his 21st century roles... Uh, came in low-budget, little-seen productions where he continued to play the gruff, tough guys that he became famous for portraying. Uh, his career was on fire at a certain point, and I, I have to imagine, I mean, this is just total speculation, that the years of drug abuse led to, you know, uh, his system being weak, and, yeah, and I, I think I, that's eventually what did him in, right? i got to believe that, too, Steve. It was in, in his memoir in 2013, he had said, I was a guy who'd come from very little and risen to the top. I had the multi-million dollar house, the Porsche, the restaurant I partially owned with Robert De Niro. Uh, by some miracle, uh, by the way, the memoir, it, the memoir is titled By Some Miracle I Made It Out of There. And he said, and now I had absolutely nothing. Uh, the book's title was taken from uh, a line from his character in Saving Private Ryan. Um, that had gar- garnered him Oscar buzz at the time. But he wrote that uh, success turned him into a movie star, an arrogant fool, and eventually a hope-to-die addict. Uh, He racked up a string of domestic violent arrests. Uh, He was married once to uh, actress Maven Quinlan and was arrested on suspicion of beating her in 1997. While the charges were dropped, they divorced in 99. Then he was convicted of abusing his ex-girlfriend Heidi Fleiss in 2003. The same year he pleaded no contest and avoided trial in a separate abuse case uh, and uh, sentenced to jail. Uh, Fleiss testified that he had punched her in the jaw at the Beverly Hills Hotel and uh, beaten her in New York to the point where they couldn't attend the Black Hawk Down premiere. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sentencing judge said drug abuse was likely a catalyst, but that testimony revealed a man who had deep problems dealing with women. Um, And he he had these other sexual harassment lawsuits and all these other things, other domestic violence cases. Uh, And he went to jail from 2000 uh, to 2009, for failing at numerous drug tests while on probation. And uh, then he ended up, um, he said that his dependency was related to the trappings of success. He struggled to maintain his emotional composure. As he described a low point looking in the mirror, he said, I looked like I was 100 years old. I had no relationship with my kids. I had no work to speak of. I was living in squat. This was in 2013. 
Uh, and then he went on Celebrity Rehab and Sober House and all this stuff. And uh, just it was, yeah. it just, it, it, you know. And then the Celebrity Rehab and Sober House, you could tell throughout the whole thing, Preston, as could Dr. Drew. You know, and obviously that's a reality show and it's meant to, to exploit at some level. Right. Uh, but you could tell that he was... Not fully sincere yeah. in his recovery. He plan. didn't make it. Yeah. He, he did not make it. He survived by his 17-year-old twin sons, Jaden and Jagger, and his brother Paul, all of whom were by his side when he died. So it's a sad story all the way around. Uh, you guys may have seen this on social media over the weekend. Jake Gyllenhaal is ready to fight. Yeah. Uh, the actor, who is 42 now, appeared on stage at a recent UFC event. Uh, held at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, where he showed off his new fit physique, to film a scene for his new movie, Roadhouse, <laughs> yeah. which is a reimagining of the uh, 1989 Patrick Swayze film of the same name. Uh, a clip of the moment that was shared online shows Hall's character entering the stadium for a weigh-in, trying to hype up the crowds as he walks on the stage. He then takes off his sweatshirt with the UFC logo, uh, showing off his muscles, and then steps on the scale. And you can hear an announcer say official weight, 184 and a half pounds for the challenger, Elwood Dalton. Uh, and then Gyllenhaal then uh, flexes his muscles think... and poses his cheers uh, erupt from the crowd. Was uh, Elwood ever revealed as a, as a first name in Roadhouse? No. I always oh, thought was Dalton. I thought Dalton was, was his, his first name. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. All right, maybe that's a little uh, literary license. Uh, if MMA... you can apply the word literary to, <laughs> to Roadhouse. Uh, MMA world champion Jay uh, Heron. Uh, plays Dalton's competitor, Jack Harris. He steps up on stage to be weighed. Gyllenhaal can be seen exchanging words. And then uh, Gyllenhaal slaps him, uh, you know, nice. to kind of play up the whole weigh-in thing. Well, be nice until it's time to not be nice. That's right. Um, and and they, they're, they're yelling at each other and all this other stuff. In fact, uh, Conor McGregor uh, announced to the crowd, because this was an actual event they were at, yeah. at the arena, that the scene was going to be filmed for the movie a few minutes prior, and he introduced the scene as staffers changed out the background poster to match the film and all that stuff. Um, so McGregor had said, we've got the biggest fight in Roadhouse history, Harris versus Dalton, UFC 222. Everyone in this arena, you're about to take part, uh, be a part of my movie that's coming out with myself, Jake Gyllenhaal, and a Joel Silver production. So I don't know what McGregor's involvement is in the whole thing. Maybe he was just helping orchestrate the orchestrate the uh, the fight or the crowd or whatever. But there'll probably be a, a cameo. Um, yeah, yeah. He was. He, he also. Gyllenhaal played a, a movie where in a movie where he was a boxer. I yes. just looked that up. Yeah, Southpaw. Didn't anybody yeah. ever seen that? I did. I did. It's I, good. I, it's actually, actually, and I think he was a little bit more buff for that movie. Well, he was he was cut in that movie. Yeah. This movie, Stephen, looks like he actually tailored his body a little bit more to be a UFC, UFC fighter, fighter. Yeah, instead exactly. of a boxer. Yeah. So what's interesting about this is it, it describes Roadhouse as uh, Gyllenhaal stars as former UFC fighter who takes a job as a bouncer at a rough and tumble Roadhouse in the Florida keys and soon discovers that not everything is what it seems to be in the tropical paradise. So they're taking a decidedly different tone than the original Roadhouse because Dalton was a, he was a philosophy major. Absolutely. He was enlightened and he was, he was the best. Well, he was one of the two best. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, who was the other guy? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Uh, I forgot his character. God damn it, Neo. Neo. No, that's what he. That's what he called yeah. uh, Wade Garrett. Wade, Wade Garrett. Garrett. That's Wade Garrett. You know how when you walk into a club, you can immediately identify the bouncer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, right. cooler when that's you see a cooler. That's Lou Mendrick. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but color me intrigued. I, I want to know. I want to know what this is about, and I and I want to see the movie. Um, I have news for you folks. Someone has changed. Oh, what? Oh, no. Hair. Right. Yes. 
Kourtney Kardashian unveiled her surprising platinum blonde hair transformation. What the f***? Her surprising hair transformation was revealed in a Friday post shared by her husband, Travis Barker. He took to Instagram to thank fans for well and well-wishers for uh, following his recent finger surgery and shared a video you like it? of Courtney <laughs> saying a prayer. How's your finger? In uh, the clip, the uh, Poosh founder... Not a finger. ...is nearly unrecognizable with the bleached tresses, and her locks were pulled back into a tiny bun. Yeah, she's got a tiny bun working there. Uh, she's, um, looks okay. I, I it's, it's too blonde. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely platinum. Yeah. She's gone uh, very, very light colored with that. So uh, she has not yet revealed the hair change on her own social media account. The makeover comes as quite a shock considering the TV personality has never strayed away from her natural brunette do. Uh, for years, she sported uh, jet black locks on uh, with occasional brown and honey colored highlights. I wanted to do something bad. And this is uh, after she debuted her new blunt bob. Back in August of 2021. That's the only way to do a bob. If you're going to do it, do it blunt. Bluntly yeah. do your bob. Uh, she showed off uh, the uh, cut in a series of photos via Instagram at that time. It sounds like a bad comic book character. Yeah, blunt bob. Blunt, blunt bob. bob. Yeah, one of the, the lesser Dick Tracy villains. <laughs> <laughs> he's very candid. Just cuts to the chase. He told me I was a jackass. No, I was hey, he's very blunt. In, a, uh, in like a, a marijuana comedy. Uh, blunt Bob. Oh, Blunt uh, Bob. Yeah. A blunt in that regard. Kevin Smith yeah. would have a, a Blunt Bob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's Silent Bob and Blunt Bob. <laughs> I agree. So, anyhow, she's got a new do in case you did not know that. So, Hugh Grant told Total Film Magazine in an interview that was published on Saturday that he, quote, did a Christian bail and had a couple of tantrums on the set of his new movie, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. He said, I lost my temper with a woman in my eyeline on day one. Hmm. He said, I assumed she was some executive from the studio who should have known better. He said, then it turns out she's an extremely nice local woman who was the chaperone of the young girl. Oh, oh good for you. And he said, terrible. And a lot of groveling was involved. So yeah. he stepped out I could a lot. see him as being uh, occasionally uh, difficult. Hugh Grant now and then. Yeah. 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 But, uh. I'm trying to get a, a a sense of what this movie's going to be like, Dungeons and Dragons. So it seems to be very self-knowing. Yeah. It seems to be fairly accurate to the legend or the game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. But ti- by title alone, I'm not interested at I all. I know, yeah. And then I watch the trailer and I'm like, okay. Maybe. All right, I'll give yeah. it a half hour. Is it the Dungeons and Dragons that kills it for you? Or yeah, because I was never things? into it. Yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah. I, I know next to nothing about that game other yeah. than no. use dice and make things up. But and, I, I, and devil worshippers play it, Preston. Right. That's right. Uh, well, it wasn't just uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end and uh, or Travis uh, Kelsey who got to have a Saturday Night Live moment this weekend. His brother Jason yeah, did as did. well. Um, and uh, when the Super Bowl Fifty Seven winner hosted a long running variety series, appeared in numerous skits. Uh, Jason appeared in one with us. Actually, a couple of them in yeah, the opening yeah. monologue. And then later on in uh, one of their bits, uh, real-life Chiefs fan Heidi Gardner uh, got plenty of moments to play off of both of Kelsey Brothers as Jason cameoed toward the end of the clip. It was it was funny. So we, we if you want, we have some audio. We do have an audio uh, opening of the uh, opening, the SNL, yeah. uh, of him coming out. Okay, here we go. Thank you so very much. It's great to be here. And if you don't know, I just won my second Super Bowl. 
was amazing, but for me, hosting SNL is that much better. I'm lying to you all. I'm lying. I'm kidding. Winning the Super Bowl was way better. Uh, but seriously. <laughs> And then he talks about uh, beating, his, beating his brother's team. You know, people keep asking me what it was like to beat my brother in the Super Bowl. And um, it was pretty awkward. <laughs> Especially because after the game, we had to ride home together. Our mom drove us there in her minivan. Nice. Like the good old days. He brought up the fact, I totally forgot, that he was in one of those reality dating shows. He was, yeah. And uh, and they showed a clip from him, totally embarrassing. But both charismatic and uh, obviously uh, uh, they, they played a lot off the uh, the sibling rivalry. And as a, as an episode and as, as an installment, he did pretty good in yeah. a couple of skits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was one skit where they, uh, it's kind of hard to set up the, the whole thing, but there was uh, two girls and they're dating and, right, and right, yeah. both brothers were involved in it. So, uh, this is, uh, Jason is the other boyfriend. Here we go. I'm starting to feel bad. You shouldn't. It was one date. Okay, look. Okay, none of that matters now, because like I said, I am in a relationship, and it's so good. He's a little bit older, and he's totally ripped. Abby, that's great for you. Uh, I'm happy. And Jason comes walking out. Hey, Baba. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> No, is this is this guy bothering you? Do you need me to beat him up? Cause I definitely could. <laughs> Wait, that's your boyfriend? It's totally cool. <laughs> and then he starts, starts crying. crying. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. So good for them, man. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Sometimes they... athletes come on and they are not good hosts. And oh, uh, Tra- yeah. Travis Kelsey did a pretty good job. I was impressed. He, yeah. he obviously took time to also we remember some of yes. the, some of his lines at least. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, Rachel Ray is ready to say goodbye to her talk show, The Rachel Ray Show, after 17 seasons on the air. Wow. I remember when that freaking thing first came on. She was at that. She was at the height of her fame, right, with the, the, the cooking show. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was always her thing, is that she was kind of like a regular kitchen cook, right? Not like yeah, a... Yeah, uh, I, I loved... It was called 20 Minute Meals. Yeah. I loved it because uh, she showed a bunch of shortcuts on right. how, how to just... To get a meal on the table, and uh, and have something that you made at home that was fresh, and and so I I dug that that Food Network program. I thought it was really um, practical, you know. Uh, so she said, in more than uh, twenty plus years in television, I've had seventeen wonderful seasons working in daytime television with Rachel. Uh, she said, however, I've made the decision that it's time for me to move on to the next exciting chapter of my broadcast career. So my passions have evolved from. Uh, the talk show format production and syndication model to a platform unencumbered by the traditional rules of distribution. Only fans. That is why I am looking forward to putting all my energies into my recently announced production arm, uh-huh. which is called Free Food Studios. So what she will do with that, I do not She's know. She's going to take greater ownership. You remember, so the word is, and this has been the word for quite a while, that her and her husband... Yeah. Like to swing, freaky sex. Yeah, oh. yeah. They like to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then they really haven't denied it. So we'll, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what the new show's about. May- maybe celebrity cuck. I love yeah. it. celebrity cuck. Uh, Sylvester Cook. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone told the Hollywood Reporter why his character Rocky Balboa is missing from Creed Three. Sticks. Will you? He said. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's right. Sticks. He said that's a. 
regretful situation because I know what it could have been. Uh, he explained that uh, he didn't agree to the film's creative direction. He said it was taken in a direction that is quite different than I would have taken it. It's a different philosophy, Erwin Winkler's and Michael B. Jordan's. I wish him well, but I'm much more of a sentimentalist. And I like my heroes getting beat up, uh, but I just don't want them going into that dark space. And I just feel people have enough darkness. So the movie's gotten very good reviews. Okay. And I, I can certainly understand what he's saying. There's, the, you know, that, that emotional core is always what fueled, you know. Yeah. And, in fact, the less successful Rocky movies, I believe, veered from that. Yeah. Like Rocky, Rocky Balboa brought it back. I agree. And that's when it works the best. All right, and then one last story, and then we'll get to the clips. Emma Stone told the New York Times recently that Willem Dafoe asked her to slap him 20 times on the set of the movie and so that it would look more believable while filming. How can she slap? How can she slap? 20 times. Okay. Uh, There is... (laughs) Oh, that was more than 20. (laughs) She said there is uh, there is this instinct to perform that many actors have, uh, the look-at-me, look-at-me kind of performer, she mm. said, about Defoe, but he is the opposite of that. Uh, so she had to hit right. 20 times in the face. Well, that's, I, that's giving it up for your craft. I wonder how hard that would be for you, the one delivering the slap, to, to do that over Because, you know, it, if you see somebody getting hit in the face multiple times, you're just like, oh, oh. you're kind of cringy after yeah. a while. There have been movie scenes where, um, you know, they have, the director said go for it, you yeah. know, and, and, or that the person being, as, he, as did he, you know, really do it. I think that occurs in... Uh, in Soap Dish, I think there's a scene with a slap that is legit. Okay. I think it's Sally Field and Kevin Klein. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to move on to the clips now, my All friend. Right. Yes. Getting on stage and singing for millions of people is the intimidating name of the game on The Voice. And here, new judge, uh, Nial Horan talks about his uh, previous experience. Here we go. The great thing about the voices, the whole unknown, press the button, you know, all that. You can start accumulating a bit of a team, and then it's just this, the decision-making after that is just horrific. You've got, like, two incredible singers stood there, and you say, you're staying, you're going. Mm. It's just not it's not very nice, especially having been on the other side. Shut the f*** up! Uh, the Voice Season 23 premieres tonight, 8 o'clock. That is on NBC. So he's the guy from One Direction who's not Harry Styles. Okay. Oh, yeah. that guy. And then we have another clip. Children of the Corn is getting a facelift this year as the horror film remake takes on the big screen. And in this clip, director Kurt Wimmer talks about his take on the cult classic. Here we go. The other story's been made so many times. You kind of can't win. You know, if I if I'd made remade the same movie, we'll say, you know, Hollywood's out of ideas. There's no ideas. I looked at the original story and I was like, you know, this is the genius of Stephen King. I don't, I don't want to, I don't think I want to see it. I saw a blurb that said it's not very good. Oh, yeah. Man. And there's like nine of them at this point. Yeah. Uh, Children of the Corn is available in theaters now, by the way, but I haven't seen it, so I can't fully say, but. Uh, there you go. Your entertainment report this morning for you, friend. Action packed. Happy to have you on board for a uh, Monday morning. We got a beautiful, crystal clear blue sky uh, hive, about 55 degrees today. So, a fairly comfy day for the beginning of March. 
Uh, Kathy's out again today. Back in tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll uh, bring up to speed what's going on with her. And uh, we have a couple of guests on the program. One of them being actress Diane Franklin, <laughs> who's got an autobiography with the greatest title. It's called The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. And that definitely touches on three of her big roles from Last American Virgin, uh, from uh, Better Off Dead, and from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I, this and we talk about this all the time, like with, when the you know Billy Zabka and all these people in, who sit in that that realm from the uh, the eighties and early nineties, and you know those those pop culture movies that. They always end up being really great interviews, you know? Yep. So, and, she, and I've seen her interview. She's great. We will talk to her uh, a little bit later this morning in the 9 o'clock hour. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. This Monday morning starting to move forward, and we'll continue the momentum when we get back. Hang out with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Well, it did happen, ladies and gentlemen. The... Cardboard Classic has come and gone yeah. for 2023. Uh, Montage Mountain, our first time back after a two-year hiatus and in a brand new location for us. Uh, we had it, of course, last Friday. And when we signed off on the air, we went uh, out to the hill and we made the whole thing happen. And it is in the books and we had a great freaking time. Uh, it Just was a great time. A great time. I yeah. mean, for sort of, you know, everything was brand new for us. Yeah. And I'd say we hit in the 85 to 90% of, you know, what we want. I think really the only thing is how we approach uh, the hill contours. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, you know, Montage did a fantastic job creating um, you know, the the run. We just uh, maybe, you know, just to take some other things into consideration. But, man, they were such a professional uh, operation. The second I arrived there on uh, Thursday uh, afternoon, Preston, I walked up to the top of the stairs, looked out at Montage and all the runs. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is it. We, we got it. We have uh-huh. a new home. Yep, absolutely. And uh, thank you to the crowds that came out. Everybody was a part of it. Uh, it was... Uh, you know, leading up to it, I, I kept, uh, I was a little nervous. I'm like, is anybody here yet? Has anybody arrived? Uh-huh, yeah. Do we know if anybody people are going to show well, up and watch this whole thing? We were used to seeing the people congregate off out of the one window. and We really didn't have that advantage point here. And then slowly but surely, as we started to get closer, it filled in really nicely. Yep. Uh, so thank you to everybody who participated. Uh, I got a couple of emails. Uh, and, and if you want to call and... Uh, and comment. We would love to hear about uh, about your time there and and uh, how things went and what group you were a part of. And it was this your first time there. A lot of people, first time ever. Uh, cardboard classic. Yeah. Steve had asked for a show of hands, and a lot of people threw their hands up uh, in that crowd of a few thousand people that were there for the event. Um, this one, I, I wanted to read this email. This is really great because we didn't know exactly what was going on, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, they had sent this to me. Uh, the day before uh, Cardboard Classic, and I, I didn't get it. The day before Cardboard Classic, I was insanely busy. I'll go into that at some point, but I, I like I had no time at all. Uh, so I got this. It said, uh, hey, I wanted to see if I could get an email uh, and asked for a favor at the Cardboard Classic. So they sent this the night before. It said, uh, Steve Conrad, uh, my brother-in-law, has been in the Classic for several years. He's a dedicated fan of MMR. Uh, after doing several races uh, with his friends, he decided to build a sled uh, that could take his family members down with him. Uh, also, we've done it for four years, and he's also been a part, uh, I'm sorry, been to several of your functions, 
And when Backstage Passes, Summer Shows, is also one of the uh, participants that picked up a guy named Pitch or Pitchuation. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> during one of your challenges to see who got back to the Cardboard Classic first. And yeah. my question is, we entered this year... Uh, the sled was called Sasquatch Strikes Back, <laughs> and we are bowling pins and a bowling ball. Oh, yeah. This is in dedication to Steve's father, who we called Pappy, who passed away during the pandemic after spending over five months in the hospital alone without wow. any family members able to visit him due to COVID. Uh, Pappy loved bowling and did it for many years. I was wondering if maybe while we're ready to come down, if you could give a shout out uh, to Steve and his dad, Pappy. So... We didn't get a chance to do that, but I wanted to make sure that I read this uh, on the air. Oh, they they did right by him then. That presentation was fantastic. Yeah, she said, we're going to jump off at and form a triangle, and Steve, the bowling ball, is going to run through us uh, to get a strike as we all fall down. And uh, we'll be very quick. We know time is limited once you get to the bottom of the hill. Uh, but they were great. They all got out, and they lined up, and we could tell what they were going to do. And I thought that was... I would actually like to see more of that. Yeah. The only you you have to guarantee you get to the bottom to be able That's to do the it. Part, yeah. That That's sometimes it. you don't get down there, but they made it all the way, and then they put on this little ten second skit, and it was awesome. So this is from Judy Jones. So Judy, you guys did great. It was a yeah. lot of fun. What a wonderful uh, performance. The crowd loved it. I mean, it, it was funny because Preston, you'd said. Um, you know, you'd said early on, the ones that were going to make it, the ones that were going to have enough velocity, you said, you you know, you kept saying, um, there's every bit of a chance that they could run right into the building, and we got close. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. got close. If they made it all the way down, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and they had some weight to it. Uh, they were going to run. And when I first came down, I saw the hill, and they had just put mats down. That's all they had at the bottom. And I, I looked at you guys, I'm like... They're going to crash into the building. Uh-huh. Uh, and so at that point, I think they overheard me saying that. And they went out and they got hay bales. Yeah. And they put up uh, two fence lines. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the final sled, that Delco sled, the rock and roll one. Yeah. It went through all, it went through everything. Everything. It went through all the hay bales. It went through the two fences and made it to the end. I, Casey, yeah. I hope you were really proud of those guys. I, well, so here's the deal. Uh, of course, you know, this Delco sled comes down, and as they're coming across the finish line, I'm like, oh, there's Jason. Oh, that's Steve. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, I know all these guys. Uh, of course were, I know all those guys. They were tremendous, man. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 they were going at such a clip. Yeah. I, I mean, you got to understand, it was different ways we were looking at the, at the run, Preston. It's like, what does it take to get down here? And, and there are some things, by the way, learn from past videos if you get a chance, because there are some things that just won't work. Yeah. And you pointed out, Preston, that really the classic toboggan bottom is your yes. best the bet. flat, The flat yeah. bottom. So some people tried to do rails, yeah. uh, you know, using cardboard, and it just it wasn't working on that type of snow. Really, the ones that I think made it the farthest just had... A flat piece of cardboard yep. on the bottom, like maybe like if loose. Was, if it was icier, maybe those the the, the skis would work. But right. it, it's, it it's a tough call. And yeah. then Casey, I also throw this out: round out your corners, yeah. because if you have anything that'll dig into the side yeah. and, and spin you around, you're done. You know, yeah. and so maybe for next year, we'll ha- ha- you know get one of our professionals here, right, to uh, to do like a how to, the do's and don'ts yeah. of, of building a sled. I think that would be a really good f- tutorial for, for you know for anybody who wants to come out and do this for the first time. And those Delco press people press. They have been doing this for years and years and years. If you recall, there there was like a WrestleMania that was coming down. It was great, you know. And yeah. so, and and I know that there were a couple mm. new, uh, you know, groups that had participants. But I was so happy to see 
all those old faces. I, I was happy to see the Dirty Delco engineers made a comeback. Yeah. 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 I thought they had stopped doing it a well, few Well, because, years ago. you know, listen, you know, as a father, like, you know. Sure. And, and I think that's what had happened to those guys is, you know, as the kids came into the mix and, you know, they, obviously your priorities got to change. But Put then, them to work on the sled. Yeah, but once they get a little bit older and a little right. bit more self-sufficient, you know, maybe you could disappear for a day or two. Uh, hang on a second. Somebody... <laughs> <laughs> so he said, I was standing in line with the Flintstones crew and asked if they had heard the one about the Flintstones in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> they had not. I executed the joke flawlessly, and they looked at me like I had 10 Ds growing out of my face. <laughs> it was probably in the heat of the moment. Yes, it was you don't know. All right, let's talk to some of the successful uh, teams Dave was the captain of the Smokey and the <gasps> Bandit Sled. Yes. That one was phenomenal. Hey, Dave, how you doing, bud? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, man. Hey, congrats. congratulations on a successful run. You guys bashed through the barriers at the bottom. Yeah, I, I think if you watched all the runs, we had the most... Like exciting, fun going mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Well, you were you were two vehicles. You were Smokey and the Bandit. You had a a, a Trans Am, yeah, and the Sheriff's car, and yeah. the Sheriff, and, and they were huge, Dave. Each yeah. one of them was huge. They were, were full size cars. Yeah, I built them just pretty much scale, maybe a little bit bigger than they were, <laughs> but they were definitely huge. Oh my god, is this Dave Thompson by any chance? Yes, it is. Okay, so Dave, and the thing I love about your team is, is uh, you know, you guys ride with Marcus and me in the ACS yep. and the uh, Ben to the Shore Bikeathon, and uh, it looked like a lot of the guys that were on your um, your your sleds are on the cycling teams. No, actually, um, only one was there. It was Brendan? Well, he um, okay. So he stood out. Beef Stew was there. Brendan you guys... stands out. Period. That's just the way he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you, you, the, the execution was flawless. Oh. Actually, this time it was the the bandit uh, was faster than uh, I mean, uh, the Smokey was faster, was faster than the bandit. Yeah. yeah. But you but guys yeah. came down in tandem, and it was uh, terrific. Yeah, the Trans Am went a little sideways there to begin with, and then when it came down, you know, it still made it to the finish line, so we all the way to the end. Of course, having the sheriff's car go through the barrier, through the hay bales, <laughs> into the crowd, that and, was good. And you guys... What was really funny was that if you actually watch, if you watch the videos, um, there was a couple of them out there of people watching it go down. Um, my son Danny was in the Trans Am, and then we had my friend Biscuit being as, as the sheriff. When they got towards the end, like certain things on the cars, you know, the doors opened, the hood opened, all that stuff like that. Well, I mean, the steering wheels actually turned, but you watch them... Try to turn the car. Oh, my God. They're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's great. instinctual, man. <laughs> of course. And, and I love how you also had uh, the sheriff's son dressed in a tuxedo because he was going to get married <laughs> oh, in the yeah. movie. Yeah, Daddy. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, I rented a whole tuxedo. We, you know, everyone, um, you know, Biscuit had his whole, the whole sheriff, Justice, and people got pictures with him. They were exactly like that. My uh, son Danny was uh, the bandit. My other son Greg was snowman. Uh, we had everything, you know, everything you could possibly want. Even though if you looked at the two, I had two guys that were dressed as Big Enus and Little Enus. But the- <laughs> I didn't see Big, Big Enus, Enus and Little Enus. 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 Yeah, oh my they're, the, God. they're the ones that institute the run. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well done, Dave. You guys killed it. The crowd went crazy when you came down. Oh yeah, they did. Yes, like I said, we had the the exciting run going down with yep. two cars just racing. That was that was great. Thanks, all guys. Right. No Thank problem. You. Get some ideas for next year. All right. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you. Oh, man, that. that was great. I think one of my favorite. Well constructed was definitely the yellow submarine. Oh yeah. my god! So well done. Yeah. We have Pat, who is the captain of that team online. Hey, Pat. Morning, buddy. Gadzooks. Gadzooks. Oh, we're great, man. Congrats. You guys, the integrity of that sled, of that of that yellow submarine, 
It was solid construction. It held together perfectly all the way to the end. Thank you. Yeah, it was more of a technical build this year because getting those curves and those type of rounds on oh. cardboard is incredibly difficult. But uh, we absolutely, our team killed it. And, you know, thanks to all the guys and girls on our side. That's, yeah, and I mean, one of the one of the few sleds where you didn't see anybody because yeah. everyone was well, we inside, inside the submarine yeah. the whole yeah, way was, down. Yeah, there were six of us inside. And then you can actually <laughs> see on the uh, back end, our one guy, Kevin, almost lost it in the video. His legs kick out. He's grabbing onto the tail for dear life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, was, Pat- I mean, that was an incredible location. I mean, all the people, everybody that came out and built this year. I mean, it was really good to be back after three years. Hey, and after an incredible location. What are your impressions on uh, on Montage first year out doing this? You know, I love the setup. I was a little concerned at first about the uh, drive, but it's really not that bad. So anybody that was kind of concerned about not being a JFDB. Like, just make the trip out there. It's, it's really not that bad. Yeah. The uh, location with, like, all the bars, like, the merch. Like, it was really cool. I picked up a poster. Like, you know, I can't complain. I love this. Well, listen, when, when, when I passed by the, 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 the original exit that where we used to get off, I looked down at my ways, and I'm like, I'm like, 18 more minutes? No problem. No, yeah. It was easy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, everybody needs to come back out. It was, it was a blast. I mean, all the other teams, like, I mean... Killed it this year. It was yeah, great. Pat, yeah. I don't envy the judges. They had a really difficult time. I mean, your sled was my personal favorite, although mm-hmm. in second place was ended up being the winner. Um, but I, what I loved, uh, Pat, in no small part, was the designs you guys actually had on the inside of the submarine. Like, stuff that nobody really even saw, especially going down the hill. But what were the, some of the things, like, because you guys did decorations inside the actual sub as well. <laughs> Yeah, so actually what happened was I had my daughter, uh, she's six years old, she came in and we had her paint the inside. She's been wanting to do this stuff for years. And we're like, oh yeah, you know, come on over, we'll bring you to the hangar. So uh, yeah, she painted the inside. We had like hearts and uh, flowers. She did like a splattering of paint like all over the floor. There's such an attention to detail because when you guys all got out, you were wearing... Peter Maxish, yes. trippy, it, uh, Beatles-esque um, clothing. I mean, yeah. even down to the fashion, just getting that alone would have been a massive well, undertaking. The, the best part about that is I've been hounding my team for months. I'm like, all right, who's dressing up as which Beatle? How are we going to do this? <laughs> and then the Friday before the event, a week out, I went to Goodwill. I bought some stuff. I was like, come on, guys, we're doing this. And they're like, all right. So we all went to Goodwill. We found stuff that worked, and we used, like, paint, like house paint to Get some of those stripes on in different colors, but yeah. oh, we, it was we, a very we love last it. minute thing. And it's so cool. I mean, honestly, obviously, you guys are enjoying doing it. But what you bring and what what people take away from your efforts, the spectators went nuts. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, hopefully, you'll be back there next year with uh, something even more impressive. Absolutely. We already have an idea of what we're kicking around. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Too. By the way, Pat's with Cardboard Sled Union 933. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, uh, and you mentioned previously, if anybody wants to hit us up, uh, we are always welcome to help anybody out with the way they build things. We've been doing it for 13 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, they can easily reach out to us and, you know and what? we'll help them out. Before we get to next year, and we need to remember to do this because we're, we're going to have a meeting this week about uh, ways that we can you know, always improve. That's what we like to do. But uh, is maybe like have these guys and and some of our other favorites put together a short video. Maybe yeah. we could do that and we can show that to people. Just give them some ideas. A couple of quick yeah, things. Please. Yeah, yeah. Hey all Pat. Right. By the way, uh, you guys all rode on the inside, and you were one of those sleds that made it not only down to the bottom of the hill, but also through the bales of hay <laughs> and into the fence. But you guys, 
were inside the submarine and didn't see any of that coming. So what was that uh, impact like for you guys? Well, I, I, I could see how it felt we were going really fast. And I was like, I was like, all right, you know, it, it seems like we're doing okay. And then I saw the flags kind of whip by one of the portholes. And I went, oh, crap. I'm like, we're still kind of hauling right now. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, from our... Obviously they put those hay bales down. Because when we first rolled up, we're like, oh, man. Because we had Falcor and we flew with Falcor back yeah. in 2019. I was like, and this is kind of built with the same, like, all the weight is centered and low. I was like, we're going to be a rocket. Like, we're going to go end up in the building. We were loving it, though, man. Watching you guys careen through that was was great. So, yeah, awesome. Amazing work. Thanks, Pat. We'll see you you next year. All right, bye-bye. All right, uh, let's go to Clutch, who was on the Hoagie Slicer. Hoagie Slicer. Hey, Clutch. Yeah, what's going on? Yo, bud, how are you? Good, I'm still alive. Nice. <laughs> That's, it's a bonus. That's it's a, a win. So 115 people on your sled, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, last count it was 111. Okay. I don't know if they all made it on at the top because the whole thing started taking off before <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody so- was on, but there was... Literally piles of bodies on those platforms. Yeah, for those like who are listening, down. this is not a joke. One hundred and eleven people. <laughs> yeah, on what ended up being two sleds. I think it was supposed to be one. And it, no, no, what? actually, it was it was seven platforms. Yeah, seven, yeah. Right, so seven I was at the platforms that were all tied together, <laughs> and when they were all tied together, the the thing was eighty four feet long. Yes, so eighty four feet long. It was, it was at the top like, of the hill with you, Clutch. I yeah, pictures. I got pictures of, like, the entire thing tied together all the way at the top. It's like a column of people on either side, and it's just like this long, super long red carpet. And it was supposed to all go down together, right? What? It was supposed to all go down together? It was supposed to, but it was was just way too much weight. I estimated it to be about 16,000 pounds with all the people on Yeah, it's crazy that 111 people would weigh that much. So, Nick, in its its pristine stage estate at the top of the hill, it was one contiguous... Yes. Yes. And so the edge yep. of the edge of the sled, Clutch, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the edge of the sled was sort of at the lip, ready to go over, and then the back of the sled, which is where the hoagie slicer was, was a good, what, 40 yards away? No, yeah, it was 84 feet. It Clutch was all the way back in, into the trees, like, you know, at the top of that part of the hill. And the hoagies... Yeah, I'd like to thank all the listeners because I only knew about 30 people that I brought up there. So I really recruited 84 people out of it. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know. I, I spray painted on the side of the sled, you know, hey, if you want to ride down, talk to me. And I had people lining up waiting to get on the sled. Dude, that was so I great. Thank all those people for, you know, putting their hand in it and having a good time. <laughs> I had a lot, a lot of happy people from that. The one, thing, the one thing that didn't make it fully intact was the hoagie slicer itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of people leaning on it and yeah. everything else. But you know, that's fine. The event was over. We sliced hoagies. Everybody was happy. It was <laughs> that's <good>. great. <laughs> uh, Clutch. I actually do look forward to your sleds each and every year. If you guys recall, yeah. You know, oh yeah, like you, you did the giant rocking chair. You did uh, the giant radio flyer, and then also one of my favorites was that not only it, did you build a slide, but you climbed up the ladder and then went down the slide the as gas. it was going yeah. down the hill. Yeah. You've yeah, done some was... really, really. And what's cool about your designs are. Um, they're simple, but they're not simple. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's simple design. Yeah, it's, I, I like building everyday things that everybody can relate to, that then when they see it, they're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. <laughs> right. and every time every time they see it, like the, like the dumpster, you know, every time they see it, it's like, oh, that was a sled one time. It's just, you know, carbon plastic. Yeah. No, you know? it, it, this yeah. is definitely one for, for, the, uh, for the record books. And, uh, you know, uh, location and everything, we were just blown away by montage. I assume you were as well. Yeah, no, yeah, the snow was good. The, the actual pack of the you know, ice going down the hill was good. The hill was a little shallow, but, yep. you know, 
couple years of building that up over time, yeah, I think that would be an awesome hill. Yeah, we're going to work on that, definitely. All right, thank you, Clutch. Great to no, see no you, man. Good Appreciate time. being there. By the way, uh, I, I was handed this note. Uh, both interns Eric and Victoria were two of those 111 people really? that were on the uh, the hoagie slicer. <laughs> Didn't even notice. So I'm glad that they, <laughs> glad they got on there. Annie and Gina went down with that Delco sled towards the end. No way. Is it with the Delco sled or was one of them? Yeah. Uh, one of the the ones... Delco sled was the last one. So uh, maybe it wasn't that one, but okay. uh, yeah, they, and it was one. No, because the Douglas said didn't fall apart, did it? No, no it was no. one that fell apart towards the end. Well, uh, well the, the, as we said, the hoagie slicer became disassembled, but it was it, it made the run completely. Oh, oh, did you guys see the footage of Jennifer Fredericks going down the hill? Yes, yes she, she smashed her head into uh, the ice. No, she's okay. Okay, uh, she took a sideways uh-huh. tumble. And so her her. Her sled went sideways and rolled that way. I saw her later on, and she didn't seem to have, yeah, she didn't seem to be all together when I spoke to her, so. I mean, like, she wasn't slurring her words and drooling or anything like that, but she seemed a little If she's not going at 70 miles a second, you know something's wrong. Yeah, totally. Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are lucky to have this year's champion on the line. After several years of participating in the Cardboard Classic... Bob Havens finally got a championship, and he is on the line now. Bob, congratulations, bud. Hey, guys. That's my own radio. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. So, Bob did a tribute to Gene Simmons, the chicken king. (laughs) Chicken guy. And uh, we we had seen pictures ahead of time, and this is what our our judges deemed to be the best design, and a $1,000 prize went to Bob and company. So, uh, and one hell of a run down the hill, Bob. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me start out by saying thanks for bringing us all together. It was great seeing all the guys uh, that you just spoke to. Um, they're like our family, you know, and thank you to Montage. They were a great host. And uh, this year, as far as building the sled, it wasn't about us wanting to win. It was about the comeback. Yeah. We wanted to go up there and give them that wow factor, you know. And, well, um, it, you, you so, succeeded because for people that they don't understand, was it was Gene Simmons riding a large chicken. Yeah, a rooster. Uh, <laughs> a rooster. Uh, and everything, the the, the the tongue extending out, the rock and roll. It was just great. And then the uh, intricacy of painting the feathers and all that stuff, it was tremendous. Well, it, it was crazy, Steve. Every time I cut on another piece of cardboard, I was thinking of you. <laughs> and the last couple of weeks, so many... Gene Simmons chicken references came into play. And I'm like, yeah, keep building this up. Bob, it was perfect. Bob, you're, oh, such, you're such a great guy. You contribute to you know so many of the, our charitable endeavors. And and I just got to thank you personally because you made a sign for my mom on the sled that said you make a hell of a meatloaf. And my mom's had a rough go of it over the last week and a half uh-huh. or two. And and so for her to see the fact that her, she and her meatloaf made it a part of your award-winning sled was very touching to me and my family. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome, Nick. And please apologize to mom. I had a hard time addressing her by her first name. So this is Papa Wade. <laughs> if you're listening, that was a direct quote from Nick, and that's why it was on the side. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Excellent. And you know what's great is is Bob's sleds, you, you have a style about you. Yours yours are very layered, uh, if you know what I mean, uh, but by using thin pieces of cardboard and laying them on, layering them on top of each other. So your your artistic style stands out amongst the others. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, we try and build them in layers and then with the carpet rolls so we can build up. 
I don't know if you noticed, we had two guys actually sitting on top of the chicken. Yeah, yeah, uh, my, we did. My brother, Michael, and my, and my son, Robbie Tomatoes, was on top of the chicken. Robbie uh, Tomatoes. We started, we started down the hill. I, I said, we were kind of tall and narrow this year. And I'm like, guys, we got to stay straight. We'll be good. And we're about a third of the way down the hill, and we start turning to the left. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yep. then I thought we were going to eat it. And then we started turning to the right. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go again. Then all of a sudden, we straighten out, and I'm looking up at you guys. Yeah. I was like, oh, my. I grabbed my heart, and I'm like, oh, we made it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it, was, it, was, it wasn't It was. It was a rocket Amazing. down the hill, but no. it was certainly, uh, it was persistent, and you finished the run. Yep. Yeah, it, it, everything, it, everything fell into place. And, and as far as one of the things up there, like um, Steve, you were talking about the detail, and Nick, about the signs. We had a sign for Parker and Peyton, the twins who turned five years old. Uh-huh. Up there. And unfortunately, I missed them because I was at the top of the hill with uh, Steve Wilson trying to check out, you know, what name we were going to go in. <laughs> and um, we also had a Gorski birthday sign. I hope all that, because we got a lot of pictures, we got a lot of video footage, but all of that, if you have a couple of additional photos chronicling those signs, we'd love to see them and love to put them on the website. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Nick knows my Instagram page. I yeah. have so many um, pictures on my Instagram yeah. page. I go crazy. I go home, and I'm on my phone for two hours. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at the photos now. There's Let good stuff Let me tell there. you guys the highlight of my day. Okay. When we got to the top of the mountain, there was this young lady with her daughter, and she had tears in her eyes, and she walked her over to us. We were about third in line to go down the hill, and she said, this is my little my little girl. She's upset because you're her favorite sled, and she does not want you guys to crash. So I said, hey, we're not going to crash. You want to get in the picture with us? She had this little bunny in her hand. She calls Felix. She takes it everywhere she goes. So we propped her up on my shoulder. She's sitting on the back of the, uh, on the side of the chicken. And uh, she had this big smile on her face. We took a picture. We put her on the ground. We jumped on the sled, and we went down. So, Caroline, if you're listening, you are our good luck child. Oh, oh, man. That's great, man. Right? Phenomenal. But that is really, that, that's why we do it, you know? No, we it's love absolutely. interacting with the crowd. We had so many people. Fireball Midge was up there who comes and sees us every year. Yeah, I think somebody was <laughs> chucking fireballs out to the crowd and stuff. Hey, and, Bob, I know that you guys, there's a nice camaraderie, but, you know, like there's people you just see once a year, and it's that Cardboard Classic. But you had mentioned Steve Wilson, and I need to give him a shout oh. Because, uh, I mean, listen, their sled was good. They were doing uh, Delco versus Bucksco Bago or Cornhole yep. on the way down. But yep. did you tailgate with him? Because he brought so much meat and was feeding people in the tailgate. I mean, he brought oh, brisket wow. and pulled chicken and hot dogs. Like, did you tailgate with those guys? I did. We went over to see Steve and uh, Brent Porsche was over there and... Uh, <laughs> Your tailgate, I, I'm sure they were able to smell it at the bottom of the park, you know, <laughs> down down at the mountain. But he's a great guy. He ended up with Gene Simmons' head, and Gene Simmons was making his round around, <laughs> around the uh, tailgate, down at the bar. And everything. I, I love he his his uh, his toboggan portion of his sled had uh, both Casey's license photo and Kathy's yeah. I just woke up photo yes. on the back. Hilarious. <laughs> it was excellent. Yeah. I, it was great. And uh, congratulations to... Um, Mike and Pat for winning again, too. They, those guys are like family, and uh, we communicate all year long. We tease and harass each other, you know. Yeah. But uh, they do their own thing, too. You know, they like to interact with the crowd. And one thing that um, we got to do is we got to cut all those trees down because, again, like <laughs> you guys were saying, where you guys were and the crowd at the bottom of the hill, they couldn't see us. 
so we were nervous because we didn't think a lot of people were there. And then when we turned the corner, we saw all these people, and unfortunately, <laughs> they couldn't see us. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it, listen, it, I think okay. it's I think it's just some tweaking, yeah. and I think we will. I mean, it's just a little bit here and there, and it's a hundred percent. We loved it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. We'll be able to work yep. out the bugs. That's right. not a problem. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Bob. Thanks, man. Great Congratulations, time. Bob Havens. Right, yeah. Winner this year. All right, hang on. We got a few more people to go to. Uh, we're going to go. We got to go to Mr. Peanut. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Peanut is on the line. Yo, Peanut. Oh, who lives in a pineapple? Oh, my God. Right. I have a story about that. Okay. Real quick before we go to you, Peanut. There was, oh, my God. We're waiting to go on the air with, with Pierre to go live on the air to announce the winners. It's juggling and, and, act. I, and I keep getting this delayed signal. No, we. it's going to be two minutes. All right, we can wait two minutes. Uh, now we're going to be three minutes. Now it's going to be four. And I'm like, dude, we got that. I called over this crowd of yeah. people. It was at the end of them. I, I'm asking everyone to stay there. And it just keeps dragging out. And I turned to Casey and I'm like, I go, we have to do something to entertain yeah. these people. I'm like, do you know any sing-along songs that we can <laughs> sing? And you you're, like, oh, you're blank. Uh, so I, I just started, I started singing the Flintstones song. <laughs> and then I, I went I'm glad you did because I was thinking more like, well, she was an American girl. Well, that would have worked like, too. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, then I, then I sang the SpongeBob theme Dude. song and, and the whole crowd got into it. By the way, uh-huh. one of our listeners sent the video of me singing that with the crowd to Bob Kenny. Ah. The voice of SpongeBob. Really? <laughs> and he got back and and he uh, commented on that. And his response was, "I love it." You know, oh, so that's that awesome. was really cool. Yeah. So thank you to that was Rob Paulson who sent that over. So thank you. All right. Anyway, Peanut, you're back. Yeah. And you did a an unbelievable job. This year was a a nod to the Grinch, and it was the Grinch's sled with all the toys from Whoville on the sled, and you were the Grinch. And you had all the characters on board as well. You guys killed it, man. Yes, thank you. My daughter, Alexis, she was Cindy Lou Who. Girlfriend, Lisa, was Martha May. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we gave all the presents back. What I what I loved is that I, I naturally assumed you were in the Mr. Peanut costume, but you were not. Yeah, that was my... My daughter's boyfriend. Okay, and, and this was the the actual costume from the infamous <laughs> <laughs> near death yeah. experience. Peanut yeah, crash. It, it, uh, the, the suit may not live anymore after this. I uh, went to the pond skimming. And I saw that. <laughs> oh, oh, you did the pond skimming with that thing on. Yeah, I kind of drowned. Landed <laughs> about halfway across. <laughs> Couldn't That's... get any speed. Hey, oh, uh, no. Peanut man, I am so impressed with how. Sturdy, because looking at it, it just did not look sturdy. It had basically two sacks on top of each other. Right. It was really, it was piled oh. up high. Like, how did you, how were you, how did you stabilize all that stuff? Uh, we brought, it was a 25 foot long, the base. And my buddy, uh, Ed, who helped me build this, this whole sled, he brought up the truck and I brought up the top half in a trailer. So, yeah, getting that top half onto it, you know, basically rolling it on, it was it was it was pretty tough. Were you I, were you surprised that it uh, all stayed intact all the way to the end? No, nah, never had any fall apart. Well, we're watching we're watching your pond skimming, which yeah. did not go quite uh, <laughs> yeah. quite as planned. It's a great thing that they do, just digging out that that trench and filling it up with water. And uh, it. yeah, it's great. I yeah. mean, the, the whole weekend, uh, obviously, and, and apparently, a lot of people heeded our early advice. To make a weekend of it, yeah. which we yeah. love. Yeah. 
I stayed for uh, all the concerts. The, the, they montage pulled it off. It's it's it was the best ever. Excellent, and excellent, you, and you pulled it off. Nice work, man. And thanks for giving me a and, ride down the hill. Why were you so chicken pressing? <laughs> <laughs> What's you that? Duck. You ducked for the first five seconds. <laughs> Listen, I yeah, I I actually I did not feel secure on the front of that oh, thing. And then once we started moving, I'm like, okay, I'll stand up and turn around. Yeah. And it ended up being a great ride. So nice job, brother. Thanks so much. All right, we'll talk to you, you later. You guys rock. All right, you rock. Mr. Peanut, I know we've been on for a while, but I want to talk to a couple more people here. Uh, they've been on hold for a long time. Uh, let's go to, hang on, Ryan's been on hold for a while. Hey, Ryan, morning, buddy. Hey. Gadzooks, Gadzooks. man, are, you were part of that Ghostbuster sled. Yes, I was in the uh, safe bus. Oh, you were you were uh, the Stay Puff guy? Yeah. yeah. What's that? You're the Stay Puff guy. You're also the guy who was inside the snowball, however many years ago that was. Yeah, 2011. That was 2011. Right, right. Who rolled down the hill? You're the yeah. reason we had to implement that rule. Yeah, the no not- rolling rule. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> because I would love to do uh, Nick's uh, Nick's mom's meatballs. And- oh, <laughs> if you could do a Nick's mom's meatball, that'd be great oh, with raisins. Oh my God. All right, so. Yeah, but- you were on stilts, right? Yes. Yeah, it was like 18-inch stilts, uh, fully made out of cardboard. There was no movement stilts in there. Oh, my God. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys had, had, a, had a slightly um, wonky run down the hill, but, um, yeah, I mean, every, everything's held together. Yeah, oh, it worked out. It was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I crashed most of the time, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, uh, anything survived? Do you, do, you, do you keep any mementos from, you know... Yeah, I kept the whole Stay Puft costume. The, the the whole sled ripped to shreds, so I kept the whole <laughs> I mean, it, that, it's, a, it, it's an incredibly intricate costume, and it yeah. looks great. Well, he was also on stilts, and that was my favorite part of your run, was after you had fallen, and by the way, you fell like a ton of bricks, uh, <laughs> you couldn't get up because you had stilts on your legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I had, I had my shoes built into the stilt because uh, I couldn't get them down in once, once they were in, so... You know, I had to untie him and run down the whole mountain in my socks. Then. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there were, there were a few. There were two, I forget who the two dudes were who were shirtless, but they caught some major ice burn. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, down, oh, on his the shoulder. One dude, oh, my God. <gasps> yeah, it was like gnarly. It was tomato red. Yep. All right. Well, Ryan. Jeff, all right, cool, man. All right, Ryan, great work, buddy. Thanks for calling in. All right, we'll see you next year for sure. By the way, I got this email. It said, uh, hey, guys, we were representing the Tilt-A-Whirl sled from Downingtown. Uh, yeah. We had a cardboard classic party this past weekend. We had my band, uh, Onyx and Honey, play music in the barn with our sled on display. Uh, we spent the last couple of months going hard on our creation. It was a blast. They didn't have a very successful run no, down the hill. No. But it looked great. Aesthetically, it was really nicely done. And so that is uh, from uh, Nikki DiGiorgio. Uh, and she says, peace and love. But they, they had a lot of fun. It yeah. was really cool. Um, and then, all right, we're going to go to Steve. I mentioned earlier the Sasquatch bowling sled. Steve was uh, on board with that. Hey, Steve, how you doing, bud? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys were awesome. That little skit you did at the end was fantastic. Yeah, we uh, we had a blast of that little skit. I mean, it was uh, fully drawn up by my sister-in-law, Judy Jones, and she uh, she came up with it. And we thought to ourselves, nobody's ever done this before. No. Who's ever gotten out of their sled and done a skit before? So I was kind of skeptical of it. But, man, once we rehearsed it uh, the night before and we went down the hill, oh, my God. 
what an absolute positive blast. You guys put on the best cardboard classic ever. Like, oh, I think, oh, thanks, man. You know what, man? I think you kind of started something with a, a little bit of post-run showboating, you know, and uh, putting on a little uh, post-run skit. Yeah. The trick is you have to make it to the end of the run. That's right. Yeah. Yes, and again, back to back to sled design that you guys were talking about. Like Again, most of us like to watch how these things pass and how they fail. And you learn from that. And I've been building these sleds for 10 years. <laughs> and, you know, my sleds go downhill safely. And, uh, hell, huge props to the firemen. Huge props to those. Those guys pushed everybody down the hill for everybody. Oh, that's they awesome. The, yeah, they, I mean, talk about teamwork at the top of the hill. It was absolutely amazing. And, and, and again, mod. And this, the Santas, uh, there was a, a cluster of Santas who were helping push everybody down as well. Yeah, the Santas, the firemen, whoever, yeah. man, they were they were freaking, they were ripping it. They, we were having a great time at the top of the mountain. Marissa <laughs> did an awesome job. I mean, everybody, they, just montaging itself by having the openness to it. Like, I felt like at Jack Frost, we were all crammed together down this long, straight line. Yeah. And, and it was forever trying to get the sleds up the hill. This was like a nice open forum. Then we had all the vendors down at the bottom selling cigars, selling food. Um, you know what, Steve Wilson, who I went to high school with, he's out <laughs> the parking lot, right? He's, he's having a great time in the parking lot, you know, uh, feeding everybody. So, I mean, just the, the atmosphere and the way Montage was set up, yeah, we can make some tweaks, but my goodness. I mean, huge props to you guys. Yeah, excellent. And to them. Thanks, well, man. Thank you, awesome. Steve. You were the best. We appreciate it, but congratulations on a great year. And he's right. All those vendors and all that stuff just adds to more for people to do yeah. while they're there, yep. uh, yeah. which is what we want. We want as much of that as possible. By the way, Casey jotted this down, and yes, I want to pass this along. Condolences. We missed a, uh, a longtime uh, fan who would be at the Cardboard Classic, but uh, yeah, we lost the, the James Brown, the godfather of soil, Yeah, passed away last week, and we missed his uh, his presence at, at Cardboard Classic. It was so sad to hear about that. I've known James for 20 plus years. I met him when I worked for Pierre. He would come up for every day off, every Cardboard Classic. He just mm. was one of those guys when he walked into the room, it made the room brighter. You know, he was a, he was a happy dude. And well, Just to the name alone, the godfather of soil. If, that is probably... Yeah. The best marketing campaign I've ever yes. heard in my life. I mean, you, yeah. if you are born with the name James Brown and you are in landscaping and you go by Godfather of Soil, God bless you. So, yeah, I miss him, man. Oh, it, was, it was a bummer to hear that. So sad. Um, I do want to uh, thank, real quick, because you do have to take a break. It's already 8 o'clock. Uh, but uh, some of the people who helped out uh, and were a big part of uh, Cardboard Classic, uh, obviously Montage Mountain goes yeah. without saying. And Absolutely. the uh, Slocum Hollow Bar and Restaurant. Uh, our friends at Acme Corrugated Box Company, wow, did they make some amazing trophies this year. Works of art. Yep. Uh, Pro Team Collision, they were the official cardboard sled debris cleanup crew, helping clear out the sleds that crashed. Uh, Surfside Ice Tea, the official prize of the favorite fail sled. And by the way, that was the, the Titanic. Yes. Which was a very... Um, uh, true to history. Poetic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Duncan had on-site free coffee uh, for everyone. Uh, Comcast made sure that we had our, our, our connectivity that we needed. Uh, our drone videography, Ooh. which I can't wait to see, was provided by Kane Drone Services, LLC. That was one of my favorite things of the day, was watching that yes. drone trail. <laughs> Dude, it was like... Up and down the hill. Oh, my yeah. God. That guy is... I mean, he's really, really good at, at what he does. And our photographers, uh, Chris uh, K. Photography and Justin Derner Photography. Uh, and you can go to WMMR.com and see a lot of those photos as well. But it was... It was a great event. It, it was. I, I love 
love, love Montage Mountain now. This is this is fantastic. If you've uh, uh, enjoyed what you've been hearing and what you the pictures, make sure you come out next year because again, the 2.0 classification is completely appropriate. It's it's. It's back and better than ever. Yep, and we'll make sure that we... I, I like the idea of getting a uh, a tutorial from some yeah. of our pros yeah. who've been at this for a long time on, on how to get a successful run down the hill. So, uh, Cardboard Classic, tremendous success. Thank you to everybody who was a part of the event. And uh, if this sounds appealing, just get yourself ready for next year as we will do it once again. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Some bizarre file stories for you when we get back. Hang out. The MMR app can't remember your Wawa order, but it can pair with your Bluetooth or Apple or Android car system, streaming us right into your speakers. Oh, and if you could grab us a meatball shorty and an iced tea, that'd be great. Thanks. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program and enjoy more services like unlimited free delivery on all your grocery needs. More exclusive perks like 5% off every day on your favorite O organic or open nature items across the stores and more rewards that never expire. And now enjoy a limited time offer and save up to $5 per pickup order with a Fresh Pass subscription. Start your 30-day free trial today. Visit acmemarkets.com slash freshpass for program details. Service available in select areas. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Preston and Steve's Bizarre. Bizarre Final. And it is brought to you by your friends at Protein Collision. You shouldn't be good at getting into an accident, but if you do, your friends at Protein Collision are there to help with all of your auto body repair needs. You can visit Protein Collision. Well, a surgeon in Italy is under investigation by the country's top health officials. Well, why is that? Well, he mistakenly amputated a penis on a patient after incorrectly diagnosing him with a tumor. I am so sorry. The 30-year-old urologist performed the operation and removed the tumor a month after diagnosing the man, believed to be in his 60s, with cancer. Reports suggest that the penis removal operation went down without a hitch. I removed the wrong penis. Until later analysis revealed there was no reason for it to have occurred in the first place. The devastated patient is now seeking compensation from the bungling medic over the mutation. Doctor, he had bronchitis. A similar case was reported in France in December last year after a series of errors resulted in the total removal of a man's penis at the uh, Nantes University Hospital. That man, reported to be in his 30s, said the surgery left him with just his testicles and no feeling where his member once was. Uh, The unidentified victim... I will see you in court. The unidentified victim told the local news publica- pa- publication of France Bleu mm. 
That I means have, missing penis. I have hatred towards this doctor who did not listen to me. He played Russian roulette with me. He told the news site, I'm really devastated and it's really shameful. The patient said after the surgery, inside I knew it. It was either death or that. And indeed, he had removed everything. He had left just the testicles and had cut at the base. Ugh. Do you think there's any recourse? Is there anything they can do for this guy? He said you can't replace the feeling of a penis with several sensors. The Frenchman's lawyer was initially hoping to win his client a million euros, but local reports suggest he eventually was awarded 62,000 euros. Like, they gave no. that guy nothing! Nothing, nothing for having his dong chopped off. Completely. Wow. Or dong, as they say. Le dong. A Brazilian murder suspect who police believe may have engaged in cannibal practices has been arrested at an airport in Portugal with a suitcase containing what they're calling suspicious meat. Oh, my God. And blood-stained clothing. Yeah. Uh, Begolea Mendes Fernandes was taken to into custody at Lisbon Airport on Monday after getting off a flight from Amsterdam. I packed my own lunch. Where he was suspected of killing 21-year-old Alan Lopez a day earlier. Portuguese media reported that the pieces of meat that were found inside the plastic bag stuffed into Fernandez's luggage could be human flesh. Remember that scene in Hannibal where he's eating his own packed food on the flight? Yep. The meat will be analyzed in a laboratory to determine its origin. Officials in the Portuguese Border and Immigration Service initially detained Fernandez on suspicion of carrying forged documents, including an Italian identity card and other paperwork bearing a name of a different uh, person. It was confirmed that he was wanted on suspicion of committing a crime of murder that occurred on February 26th in Amsterdam, which led judicial authorities uh, to issue a European arrest warrant for expedition purposes, for extradition purposes. Uh, Fernandez drew border officials' attention because he had a bandage on his right hand. When they opened up his suitcase, they found uh, the meat along with blood-stained clothing. Oh, boy. A uh, Portuguese newspaper reported that uh, police suspect that Fernandez engaged in cannibal practices. A 26-year-old who describes himself... On Facebook, as two percent genius, ninety eight percent crazy, <laughs> made his a bad ratio. Court appearance earlier this week, and we're main in custody. Can we get that to fifty fifty? Lopez was found dead Sunday night at a house in Amsterdam that he shared with his mother and sister, who were away at the time. Now, the victim's sister said Fernandez was homeless and would stay with the family whenever he had nowhere else to go. In an interview, though. Fernandez's mother, Carla Pimentel, suggests that her son may have killed Lopez in self-defense. According to Pimentel, Fernandez was having dinner with the victim when Lopez offered him human flesh to eat and also showed him videos about cannibalism. The 21-year-old then allegedly tried to kill Fernandez. This is what the mom is saying. Yeah. She claimed that the Thanks, meat, mom. That the meat found in her son's possession in Lisbon was the same that was offered to him by Lopez and that her son had kept it as evidence that he planned to hand over to authorities. <sighs> Thank God. That's uh, playing, it's using your brain there. Mm-hmm. An electric cannibals. This is a really weird story. An electric humming vibrator designed to upset neighbors, that's what it's made for, operated for about a month inside New Zealand's tallest apartment tower, sending 25 neighbors just about insane before it was discovered and disabled. So we're assuming this is not a sexual vibrator. This is a vibrating device. Right, of another pur- purpose, for this purpose. It is designed to annoy your neighbors. There we go. So it's not something that you sit on. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like I said, it's ma- yeah. it is what it's made for. Management of downtown Auckland's The Pacifica sent a notice thanking people for their patience while matters were resolved. A photo of the device, which emitted 
Humming vibration showed it jammed between two books in the top of an internal window mm. high up in the $300 million uh, 57-level luxury apartment block. The device was plugged into the mains and had a metal rod near the height of the window and a purple plastic device on the end. A resident explained that a man had installed it in a window cavity behind a blind specific, uh, specifically to aggravate his upstairs neighbors for unknown reasons. Jeez. The device causes a low vibrating vibrating type hum about 35 to 40 cycles per minute. That could drive you insane. At about uh, 80 hertz. And it sounded like a cell phone ringing on vibrate stuck in the wall, but it never stopped and would continue all day long. Could you imagine? It's it's a called a ceiling vibrator V2 version. I never use my Sibian after 10 p.m. for and vibrating and lock and uh, knocking. The ceiling vibrators have a long height adjustable rod to run from floor to ceiling and make vibrations or a knocking noise from the head. Oh wow! And they can be remote controlled. And once switched on, they transmit to upstairs neighbors. Uh, thumpers were said to have been invented in China and are sometimes referred to as noisemaker revenge machines. Man. So somebody was using this. That's thing, diabolical. Huh? Yeah. All right, and the one last story, and then we will wrap it up. Uh, Fred, The Fresno Police Department received a call about 8.30 a.m. about a man being inside a bank in Fresno that was not open for business. And when police arrived at the bank, they thought that the man had broken into the building. And after investigators were talking to the man... They learned that the keys were left in the front door overnight, and the man just let himself in. <laughs> well, there you go. The man told police he saw the open door. He thought the bank was open and proceeded inside, and he took a seat and waited for tellers to show up. <laughs> With the lights on? He told No, he told police that he was uh, at the bank to cash a social security check. I'm here to cash my check. I figured I'd wait. Uh, police released the man, who then went outside to be the first in line when the bank opened up. But the keys were stuck in the front door. So who got fired for that? And he just went on in. No follow-up to that <laughs> as of, yeah. I have a PR story for you guys. Oh, no. Because it just reminded me of something that happened on Friday night. Okay. Uh, we went out to dinner. We went to Harvest, which was right near the hotel. It was great. Casey, I know that you went there on Thursday. Yeah. We had a really nice time, Dave McGrogan's place. And, and, and so we had a really nice dinner. Pierre rented the entire back room, which was cool. So it was me and Pierre and Pancake and... Uh, uh, um, a bunch of engineers came. Um, it was a nice dinner. <laughs> and, and Brent Porsche and, yeah. and his girlfriend. Um, and uh, we carried on a little bit. And then we get back to the hotel and we get, <laughs> Pierre's like, man, I don't know where I got, I put my keys. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, well, we'll just, sw- you know, swing by the front desk and get another pair. But he forgot to do that. So we get the elevator and we go up. <laughs> he had just left his door open. The whole time. He left his hotel room door open. And he's like, oh, well, this is good. I don't have to go back down to the front desk. Would it close naturally, though? Yes, but he did the little thing with the lock where he can, uh, from the inside. (laughs) And so it it was just propped open for the entire Cardboard Classic, the entire time that we were out, the entire time we were at dinner. And he's like, but he saw it as a silver lining. There you go, yeah. He didn't have to go back downstairs and get his key. How do you not... I how you how would you not realize your door didn't close fully, I, Steve? A lot of times when you ask questions about Pierre, you <laughs> phrase it with "How did you not?" And then you have to keep in mind that you are asking a logical question right, about right. a very illogical person. This he's great. a um, he's, he's one a, of a kind. He's a very special man. <laughs> they broke the mold, man. <laughs> that that they did. Oh, I guess it's supposed to stay open. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We got a guest or two joining us a little bit later on. So hang out. We will not be gone long. It's MMR's Local Shots, Artists of the Month. Hailing from Fishtown, it's Velvet Rouge. Q100. 
Durham on the Air every Wednesday at 6.30 with your host, Brent Porsche. Search local shots right now at WMMR.com for even more exceptional local music. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. And the station that's always supported Philly's music scene. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, Nick handling traffic. Kathy couldn't make it again today. She wasn't at Cardboard Classic. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn because I'm sure we're going to talk about this tomorrow yes, when she yeah. returns. But yeah, uh, Jace had to have uh, an appendectomy, mm-hmm. and that came out of nowhere. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, obviously she's you know going to hang out until he's feeling better and and uh, is fully recovered before she comes back. But we're hoping that might be tomorrow. I texted her a little bit ago asking her how he was feeling, and she's. I, I said uh, hopefully he's feeling a little bit better with each passing day, and she mm-hmm. said that the recovery is taking much longer than she expected it to. So mm-hmm. he's yeah. still in a lot of pain this morning, which is a, a bummer. And we got that uh, the word on like Friday. Like afternoon, evening, uh, that Thursday. Thursday was it Thursday? Yeah, oh, Thursday yeah, when yeah, we were headed yeah. down there. Yeah, when we were headed down, and I was like, I, I was in the car when uh, word came out. So I had no idea, or maybe I was. No, I was actually. I was taking Rochelle. Well, I had to get a, uh, a colonoscopy, so that was my day. So she was supposed to. Uh, she and I are supposed to drive up together on uh, Thursday afternoon, and she texted me when she left here at work. She said. You know, something's going on. I'm in the hospital. I might not be able to take you up. And I was like, all right, you know, do whatever you need to do. Handle what you need to handle. Uh, And then as the day went on, I was like, so where do things stand? Because we were supposed to drive up together. I ended up driving up with Pancake. uh, So thanks to him for getting me up there. But um, I knew that something was going on. And she wanted to keep it kind of vague. Uh, but yeah, appendectomy, that's that's no joke. You had yeah. one. I did. I had one when I was uh, 14 years old. I was in France when it happened. My uh, my appen, uh, appendicitis happened when I was, you know, I, I just knew that I wasn't feeling well, but my appendix never burst and never ruptured. And fortunately for Kathy's son, the same. He had it right. laparoscopically, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but he's, yeah. he's still recovering. Okay. Well, so that's uh, hence the reason she couldn't make it <clears throat> on Friday uh, or today, but uh, hopefully we'll get her back. Real quick, I have a... Um, Email. This is a request uh, for Casey, actually. Ooh. This is from uh, Chris Reimer and says, hey, I'm a loyal podcaster every day. I've been listening uh, since middle school on the bus. Now I'm 36 years old. <laughs> oh, Come on. Uh, I would like to request a wet, juicy, stain-inducing shout-out for Casey. Aww. And he says, for the longest time, I've been wanting to plan a cross-country road trip, but life always got in the way. But after hearing Casey's two road trips, I've now decided to go for it. Amazing. And I'll be going for 18 days across the country. Nice. Uh, It's a road trip, seeing all the wonderful things in this country. So thank you, Casey, for giving me the nudge. Have a nice flight, he says. Uh, Case, give uh, give yourself a Tom Jones. Uh, and, then he, and then he I'm says, commission it. P.S. Uh, for Kathy, not pink or brown, but left or right, which nipple did you have pierced? <laughs> It's a good question. We'll have to ask her that if we can. All right, fire it up. Yeah! I think that's still my favorite. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I did notice a couple things. Oh, I think we have time for me back. to share these noticeable things. He wants to share noticeable things. Yes. That yes. I, that I noticed. He noticed. And your noticing has been noticed. Duly noted. So Wawa kicked off its summer hiring campaign. Wawa. Uh, looking to staff up stores near the beach. Yeah. 
Uh, the company is touting a starting wage of $15 per hour as well as a free six-inch hoagie, or a shorty in Wawa speak, at every shift. Oh. I think I would be, um, you know, back in the day, uh, Wawa would be a, a fine little job to have. In fact, uh, some one of our own interns, right? Am I correct in thinking? Mm. What are you talking about? Yeah. Currently? Yeah, maybe it was an, old, an older intern. Uh, wait. Who? Eric? We, I can't. Eric, okay. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, Eric works at Wawa? I, uh, That's okay. right. There we go. You're right. Uh, story, there we go. Store employees can also buy other menu items at a discounted rate. You still get to, um, like, stock sharing with Wawa? Isn't that one of the incentives for um, employees that work there? I don't even know if they're publicly traded. I might no, be they're making not. all of this up. No, they're, I believe it's they're privately, privately owned. owned yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, Nick, however, each employee gets an eight-pound bar of gold. <laughs> there are... That's not true. But I know that there are incentives for employees to rise through the ranks. They, they did that years ago with us uh, when I was, again, I don't mean to brag when I say I used to work at a, at a mall bookstore. So I know a lot of people are very envious of that. Uh, but we there was a there was a uh, profit sharing plan. No, I, I, I was sort of right, I think. Uh, employee stock ownership. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And that comes with the free 12-inch. <laughs> okay. So the hiring blitz is focused on 60 uh, stores along the East Coast in uh, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. You know, you had the story about their expansion press, and they're expanding, you know, much further out now. Okay. Uh, With the goal of bringing on 1,500 employees primarily in seasonal jobs, Mm -hmm. and that's more than, uh, that's 500 more than they aimed for in last year's summer hiring effort as well. So. So if you were going to get uh, have a position at Wawa, would you want to be behind the deli counter? Would you want to be registered? What would register. You want? Yeah, I don't yeah. think I would be able to uh, deal with the, especially at the the Wildwood one, the 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 one on Rio Grande. I don't know if I could deal with the rush. Dude, there. Let me tell you the self checkout mm-hmm. registers. I love them. They're so awesome, and yeah. you you buzz right through. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why people get in line uh, because there's just they're, they're they're you just. I don't think a lot of people realize there are mm-hmm. so like because uh, CVS has their self check. Uh, listen, some of them are um, card only. You yeah. Know, so if you're a cash paying person, you can't go to those ones. But uh, I, I'm like, there's nobody using these, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to use these if nobody wants to use these. The only cash. downside, though, like at, at CVS, I've seen a few times they're they're a little finicky, and then you got to wait. Until the person behind the counter is done with everybody before they can come over and help you out. Thank you. They, 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 so they need to hear that because it's a that risk. you're there. You, you just grab like one thing mm-hmm. and you're going to bolt right out and then mm-hmm. things starts flashing on top and you might as well have just gone to the register. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, so you get one six inch hoagie per shift. I would have thought that. They already did that. Like, do you get... You know what? Have Eric come in here, if you wouldn't mind. Eric! I'm curious what you get as an employee. Do you get a discount? I would think you'd get a free sandwich. A but, company car? Uh, maybe not a company car. Eric! But I don't know. Uh, so Eric is going to jump on the mic. Hey, man. Uh, hey, man. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> cool. <laughs> this is your first time on air? Yep. Uh, there we go. On air at this station. Yes, to okay. But yeah. Yeah, so when it comes to the shorties, we do get the... Uh, it is the six-inch. Um, that's that's kind of one of the things that kind of tell you up front. 
Yeah. And there's also stuff like you do, like, you know how they have the, the Coke, the refill machines? Yes. Mm-hmm. We get free unlimited on those. Okay. Um, the coffee station, we get free unlimited for those, too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as you're not, the, I assume you're not allowed to, like if you work at the register, you would not be allowed to be drinking a coffee at that time, right? I do it all the time. Oh, there you go. I, I work register specifically, and I agree with you, Casey. I do not want to touch Deli, because <laughs> it's one thing to mess up a transaction, because you can just go through, refund it, you can cancel something. Deli? If someone didn't want mayo on their sandwich, uh-huh. you got to scrape it off. You yeah. got to restart the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. My, my, I just know from my, my daughter, she likes mustard but hates spicy mustard. And so many times we'll put spicy mustard on. I'm like, oh, man, you got to redo this whole thing because you just can't well, just scrape it right off. Is the procedure to redo, scrape it off or do you just do, do you a new one? redo it? Yeah. I got to redo it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, so, all right. So you get the. Uh, can you, with the coffee, uh, I assume you can't get like. Um, uh, like what the baristas make over there, like the the, the fraps and you, stuff you like can, that. You um, can. We so at, at the register, we have these little uh, scannable things. We scan one for that's uh, for a free shorty, mm-hmm. so that pretty much guarantees that you don't have to pay anything. We also have something for employee discounts. Mm-hmm. So everything else that's marked Wawa or it's created in Wawa, like something a barista would make, you get an employee discount. Yeah. So like for example, if I wanted to get like a hoagie and you know like the hot and go ready yeah. snacks they have, mm-hmm. I could spend total like maybe. Two bucks for just a couple things, just because of the discounts. That's great, Eric. Do you know about this stock program? Because I, I only said that the employees get stock options, but it's not a publicly traded company, so I don't understand the difference. I've heard about it. I'm only part time, so there's certain benefits that I'm not al- allowed to have that I don't have privy to because I'm part time. Gotcha. Yeah, but I have a friend that goes to Widener University, and apparently they have a lot of people like from Wawa that have gone there. They're now at Wawa. And he has talked about that before, about the stock thing. So it could be a thing, but I'm pretty sure it's a full-time. Here's okay. a text. that says, uh, employees get stocks over the time. You should see how the stock has risen. A friend of mine recently retired with well over a million dollars in stock. What? He was wow. there for 30 years. Uh, but uh, but still, well, yeah. If you don't cash in your 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 hoagie uh, credit, you might have a million by the time you retire. From maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, says, this text says over if you're over eighteen in one full year of working for Wawa, then you can start to receive the stock options. I do okay. remember that. That makes sense. Actually, right. yeah, dude. And they're doing nothing but expanding. Like they've had tremendous success over the past five years or so. Very nice. And Thank then you, let me go to this call real quick. I've uh, John. Hey, John. Morning. Morning. How are we doing, sir? Good. What's up, buddy? I uh, just want you know about the whole Wawa profit sharing. Yeah, it's a. Um, there's a guy I knew there. He worked there part time for nine years. At the when he quit, they gave him twenty one thousand dollars back. Wow. They gave him how much back? I'm sorry. Twenty one grand. Wow. So it was it was a part timer. So it's like it's something that you don't see, but it's there. So when you leave, here you go. There's your money. Dude, that's someone. Someone put forty years in. They retired, and she got two and a half million back. Two and a half million dollars. Yeah, two and a half million. Jesus I want Christ, that. that's fantastic. So you yeah, need well, to get on the a good place to work. Yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah. All right. I'm a factory worker. I work in a chemical. So you know, after I retire, I might just do that for twenty years. That's a good call. <laughs> All right, thanks, Come John. On. Appreciate it. Actually, I have uh, Stephanie. It says here works HR for Wawa. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning. Stephanie, are you there? I'm here. All right. Hello. Hi. So you you actually work for the company? I work in HR operations, so I report to the VP of HR. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. And what did you want to explain to us? Oh, I just wanted to let you know that I heard the gentleman talking about, and I just 
you on talking about um, stock options. And what we have is what's called an employee stock ownership plan. So everyone who works there that works a minimum of 1,000 hours um, a year gets a contribution into the retirement fund, which is employee stock. So basically stock for Wawa. You can't trade it. But when you leave us, you get the, the benefit. You can cash it in. That's wow. fantastic. Wow. That's a good deal. It's an amazing deal. Um, I, I actually relocated here 22 years ago to work for Wawa, and it has been an amazing ride. They are, they're really, they're a class act company. So you are, are you a multimillionaire yet? I'm sorry? Are you a multimillionaire yet because you've been working for... I'm a multi-millionaire, but I'm I'm doing okay. All right, All right. excellent. All right, that's awesome. Yeah. I've I've heard for years that it's that it's a uh, because of that. It's, yeah, it's a great place. I to love work. that idea. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day, guys. All right, Take you care. too. We'll see you. Oh, wait, here's man. Here's another wait. million dollar call right here. What? I'm going to go to Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hey, how are you? Good, Jamie. So your mom worked uh, at Wawa. Yeah, she actually started out uh, in stores as a cashier mm-hmm. and then made her way to uh, the regional office uh, in Culpsville. Okay. And worked uh, at the store for about 16 years and then at the office for 14 years. And then, um, and then she ended up uh, getting in on this uh, stock thing too, huh? Yes. And by yeah, what um, did she walk away with? Over, over a million. Wow. Are you kidding yeah, me? I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, I used to work for Wawa. Uh, my wife currently works for Wawa. And it is an incredible place to work for um, as far as um, insurance, um, health care. And millions uh, of dollars. Mm-hmm. J- Jamie, how long uh, yeah, did you work I, there? Uh, I worked there, well, I started back in 98. Um, and it was off and on up until about 20... 14, okay, and, 2015. And so you were there for a pretty significant amount of time. And, and um, if you don't mind my asking, was it worth it yes. walking away? Were you able to, you know, cash in with with a decent amount of money when you left? Uh, yeah. I mean, between uh, the Vanguard and the uh, stock options, um, I walked probably close to 35. <laughs> million dollars? <laughs> It's no, a million. Oh, oh, million. <laughs> 35, 35, 35. Oh, thousand. Thousand. 35 million. I, 35 million, I wouldn't be working anymore. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be calling us either. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible yeah, deal. It's, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible place. And like Preston said, it, it's, they are just expanding beyond all Yeah, yeah I know. I when mean, I retired from Beat Alton Bookstore, I got a Mad Libs book. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate that, man. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, I... Funny thing is, is I knew. I remember hearing this ages ago about that very thing. Not about the millions of dollars, but about how you do get these uh, these bonuses and these mm-hmm. uh, ownership in the company and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. And never to realize that virtually everyone, when you walk into your Wawa today, realize that everyone in there is a millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> let me go to actually Joe next. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. Thank you, Joe. All right. So your dad was a uh, uh, an employee of Wawa. Yeah, yeah, he was a manager for over 25 years. Uh, he actually retired very recently. He's got he's got like four over four million in uh, just in ownership. Stuff. Listen to that! Come on! That's I mean, and part of that has to do with the success of the of the company and how much it, that stock is worth. 
Absolutely. Yep. The success of the company, the stores, uh, how, how many stores you open, wow. it's all all intertwined. Wow. I got nothing for my Blockbuster stock. That's amazing. All right. Well, good on him. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate well, it, Joe. Yeah. Preston, four million bucks? Yeah. That's fantastic. Come on. Um, and, and, and and all the, uh, the the little bites that you can handle? The, what's your favorite at the register? Oh, what, those, what, like, those little, like hot and ready things? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be the buffalo chicken bites. Uh, buffalo like, chicken bites. I'm, a, I'm a spice guy, so <laughs> I like that little bit of kick. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, it's I cool, guess I, I learned my lesson. I'm retiring from Wawa <laughs> super early. Yeah, yeah super early. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it going. Uh, and in fact, yeah, this is uh, our friend Lori Bruce has mentioned in this uh, oh, nice. story here about uh, she says that... Um, uh, while the current effort is focused on shore locations, the chain is always seeking longer-term employees, according to Lori Bruce. Uh, and she said, we have many associates who started with us in the summer job, love the role, and have gone on to have fulfilling careers at all levels within our stores. That's clear. Uh, in recruiting workers for these locations, Wawa makes note of its health benefits, tuition reimbursements, and 401k matching benefits, as well as the employee stock ownership plan. There wow. we go. Says billionaire Lori Bruce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The company is nearly 38% owned by employees, according it's to Wawa. The employee each month gets one use of the private jet, so that one is use. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, at least I you get I will also uh, put it out there real quick. Uh, my store, the Dolestown location, is hiring, so if anyone oh. in that area uh, is looking for something good, like we've been talking about, looking for billions of dollars in your near future, <laughs> uh, Dolestown, they're mainly hiring uh, daily workers. That's right. kind of where right. we need the people. Cool. Right. Doylestown, nice. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Alright, I noticed uh, this. If you are on the near side of middle age and feel yourself getting a little bit unhappier every year, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is it's going to get worse before it gets better. The good news is, though, it gets better. And also, you're not alone. Not at all. Uh, Dartmouth professor David Blanchflower has uh, studied humans all over the world and found that all humans, regardless of location and economic well-being, experienced a U-shaped happiness curve that hits its lowest point in the late 40s. And then it hits its zenith when you're being spoon-fed pudding at a retirement home. Well, for people in developed nations, it's uh, 47.2. That's your low point. That's where I am right now. There you go. In developing nations. Welcome to hell. It's (laughs) 48.2. So, and he said it does not seem to matter about income or gender or race or anything. All people I bet follow you, this pattern. I bet you that wouldn't hold true for your average millionaire Wawa employee. Yeah. No, I think it'd be slightly uh, So, So uh, at what point does it hit its zenith? Uh, well, it, it starts to head back up. I'll get to that okay. in a second because Casey's got a question here. Well, well, no, it's not a question. It's just okay. sort of an, an observation as, as I uh, age and I get older. And, you know, you, every time, like, I hit a birthday... I would go, I would double that, right? So if I was like 30, I was like, oh, okay, I can live to 60. Yeah. You know, 40. Okay, 80 is attainable. 45. <laughs> I don't mm. think I got another 45 years in me, yeah. you know? And so like now I feel like you I'm- You just hope to make the weekend. I'm just, you know, well, it kind of sucks that like to feel like I'm, you know, I'm on the back nine of- But yeah, this is where you're supposed to get the big payoff. As you, you get into the, your, your years, you've been working all this time, and mm-hmm. all this stuff comes to fruition, and, and you, 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 you cash out of your Wawa uh, retirement plan, and you're, right. you're, you're, on, you're on easy street. Uh, part of uh, Blanche Flower's research shows that unhappiness de- decreases uh, for parents when economic stress 
is controlled for. In other words, it's not the children that make parents unhappy. It's the financial strain that they can place on us. That financial comfort can make parents stress less about all aspects of their lives is hardly shocking. Uh, This downswing in general life unhappiness is so universal that it extends beyond humans. Holy crap! Blanche Flower says researchers have tracked similar paths of unhappiness in primates. It's the kids. He said... Taking care of their college funds and stuff, and then I got to swing on my tire. I have hardly any time to spank it anymore. (laughs) He says chimpanzees. And I can't... I'll throw turds later. I'm planning uh, for the future. And orangutans have uh, have it, too, so maybe there's something deeply biological, he says. So in, in the simian world, does it translate to any other type of animal? That's the only one they mentioned okay. in this particular article. Like a meerkat? He said, if it doesn't make you feel better, it, well, if it doesn't make you feel better to know that the whole world is most unhappy just before they turn 50... Uh, take heart in what happens at the far end of that U-shaped curve. By your early 60s, you'll be as happy as you were in your late 20s. By wow. age 70, you're most likely happier than you've ever been in your entire There's your payoff. life. Because of false chemicals being released into your brain making you foreign. <laughs> that must be it. So, uh, you know what I think? And I think the study does, if you look at the Asterix Press, it says your mood can dramatically be altered by listening to the music of Josh Groban. Oh, yeah, oh, of yeah. course. I mean, it lifts you up, it doesn't does. it? I mean, oh, that's... Man. What? Nothing. I'm just... You Wait, I didn't hear. Shut the yeah, fuck up. do it one more time, please. If you raise me, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, I just it so, really does help. Well, that's that's encouraging. Right, here's the question: Why does this occur? Okay, why does this U shape happen? Well, Blanche Flowers' data only shows that this general decline in happiness exists. As to what drives the slow rebound in happiness after fifty. Uh, he offers anecdotal evidence, so they don't have... They don't have specific it doesn't data. doesn't fully back it up, but it is, it's what might otherwise be called the attainment of wisdom. Yes! As we come to know ourselves better... I'm very wise. We have fewer illusions about ourselves, our abilities, and the world around us, and we stop making the same mistakes that we've been making our all of our lives. I'm unattractive and useless, <laughs> and I know it. Uh, he said you start to get more realistic, it yes. seems to me. You become more realistic about what you can do. He I says, can't do that, and I'm thrilled. And you can, uh, you kind of look to see what the alternatives are. In my case, he said, school friends had died, and school friends had not done good stuff. And I found that, basically, life starts to get a lot easier. I didn't make the same mistakes again. So we think it's a great deal to do... Uh, it's a great deal to do with that kind of reality and realism. It's the it's when you put the Tide Pods away and stop eating them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, start using them. Start in using them in your washing machine. <laughs> My buddy Will gave me some great advice when I turned fifty years old. He said it's the rule of uh, I'm I'm fifty effort. Okay, yeah. so and and you can use it either uh, in in either way to either decide to do something or to not do something you use the phrase of dude I'm 50 F it yeah I'm not doing that yeah. no or you can go dude I'm 50 F it I'm doing that yeah I'm gonna do that whatever you want to do you can yeah. do what you want to do you be you become more and more deranged and you love it mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna and, rob that liquor store in F some it. respect 
Uh, so uh, if such life wisdom is attained through unavoidably making mistakes and losing your illusions, there are ways to minimize the pain you experience along the way, he said. He said there are ways to make this easier, which is community, support, family, social groups. <sighs> In other words, don't bowl alone, he said. Oh. Go to dinner with your neighbors. Make use of social mechanisms, uh, and it makes things better. Hey, neighbor, let's go to dinner. I don't know you. <laughs> I go to dinner with my uh, with my neighbors and not go talk at all because they don't speak. They don't all speak. That well. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. they a little bit, but like not enough. I, I, we, sometimes when you go out, do you have to carry the conversation a lot with them? Yeah, we just wave. We just we just <laughs> Wait, wave like to who? At my next door neighbors. Okay. I had uh, at one point she during a snowstorm, her uh, car had driven off the embankment and uh, and she broke her steering column, so I had to pick her up and give her a ride home. And we said zero words to each other the entire ride home. I've always <laughs> loved you. <laughs> what? Uh, and then I'm, it's torturous to see you come out in your Crocs every morning. <laughs> I get so wet. Me and the husband, I think, have a mutual uh, respect for one another because we do have like a, we do share uh, track the lawn. Yes. And when I mow the lawn, I'm like, I'm just going to mow your lawn. And then and I he appreciates up, it. Does he do? Does he reciprocate? And now he does the same. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I now I race to do it, so he doesn't have because I'm like, I don't want you to feel like you have to do it. Right. I just do um, it. I was reading a note that was handed to me, so I missed the beginning of that particular uh, anecdote. Is he going up? Are they to, older? Uh, they are probably. They're older than me, but okay. they're not, um, not elderly. Older. Okay, uh, obscenely old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, a lot of my relationships in the neighborhood have devolved into just waving as well. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Hi, neighbor. Hey. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm. My, I have good relationships with the yeah the neighbors. Are you know, and but you don't see them a lot. You know, because yeah. I have, have like 350 houses in my neighborhood. <laughs> so there's a lot of <laughs> too much, too much. You're a busy man. Uh, so anyhow, that's good news, right? I mean, depending on where you are in life Just right now. Just the point where you're about to die, you'll be thrilled. You're going to bottom out around uh, late 40s. Yeah. But, uh, but things swing back upward. Just give it 20 years and you'll be back in high spirits. <laughs> But for the most part, this is for any and everyone. Uh, now doesn't all, matter where. Now, we all have horrible things that happen, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. some have more of them than others. But uh, general well-being is uh, swings in a U-shape. Yeah, I look at uh, my two of my cousins. One had just turned 60, the other is 65, and recently retired. And, you know, even before the retirement, they were just, they're just so happy and yeah. content. And that gives me hope. I don't have to talk to my neighbors. <laughs> No, I, I, yes, no, you should be happy. Yeah. Look, for, you have, it's the whole idea of retirement. Though I did see a, and I'll, I'll send you the study. I won't, I won't kill your potential story for you, but it has okay. to do with retirement. Okay. All right, fair enough. Will it lift me up? Oh. No, okay. it'll make you sadder than oh, you know. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> All right, that's all I'm going to notice. Uh, that was it. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. We got uh, boned on the noticing. Well, we have some we have some guests coming up, and we I want to I want to take a break and and come back and uh, get to them. But maybe if I, if we have if there's a, a gap in the middle, I'll notice something else. Okay. Wow. All right. Just uh, notice her part two. May whip it back out a little bit. More later notice, on. more er. Let's uh, let's take a break. Let's come back in a second. And uh, yes, uh, we're going to talk to our buddy uh, Paul Eisenberg from uh, Bringing Hope Home. Very cool charity thing that's going on. And uh, actress Diane Franklin played Monique in Better Off Dead. Amongst other roles, and she's got a book. We're going to chat with those guys when we get back. Stay with us. Don't drunk text your ex. Text MMR instead at 39333. Just don't ask us, hey, you up? Because, nah, we're good. 
Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. This is Virginia Lottery recording session. We are rolling whenever you're ready, Sam. Coming this Tuesday, the Virginia Lottery is... Try option three. The Virginia Lottery has newly brewed and fun to do... Try four. We have a rotating selection of scratchers, online games, print and play... Actually, just read option one. Virginia Lottery, new games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest, uh, we've had on many times throughout the years because his organization is just wonderful. Yep. Uh, people who have uh, cancer affecting their lives, going through financial and emotional support, or, or need financial and emotional support, they get financial and emotional support from Bringing Hope Home. We'd like to welcome the founder and CEO from Bringing Hope Home, Mr. Paul Eisenberg. Yeah. Hey, Paul, good morning to you. Oh, we have... Oh, now, hold on. Hang on. It's my fault. I turned up the wrong thing. <laughs> Paul, are you there? I am here. There we go. Hey. Sorry about that. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? We're doing wonderful. It's great to have you on again. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it. Congratulations on a great Cardboard Classic. Ah, thank you. We had, we had a wonderful time, man. And listen, you're speaking of wonderful, uh, what you guys do at Bringing Hope Home, we've just been uh, amazed at for so many years. And uh, you're going to get a, a really cool campaign that's going. Uh, before we do that, for those who have not heard you speak about this and don't know what Bringing Hope Home is, uh, can you uh, give it to us in a nutshell? Sure. We're a nonprofit located in Mount Alvern, and what we do is we pay household necessity bills for local families going through cancer. Any type of person, any type of cancer, we pay the rent, mortgage, utility, car payment, or food. And the food part is what leads me here today. We've been uh, working with Agni Markets, and since being founded, Bringing Help Home has helped over 8,500 families since 2008. And Agni's wow. been such a big part of that. Yeah. So, and are you you doing the 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 the, the pin pad the 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 uh, the, the program that that's, has helped the camp out for hunger for uh, the past couple of years? It's so awesome. You're doing that, correct? Yes, Steve. We're doing that, and uh, I, I gave a lot to the camp out for hunger. Congratulations on a great year for that too. But if people are at the Acme markets and they're they should go to Acme all throughout the area. And for this month, the month of March. They can just add on to their bill one, three, or five dollars, and that goes to provide food. We send gift cards to these families so they can put food on the table and groceries during a really tough time. So when you're you're dealt a bad hand and having to deal with cancer, to have this on top of that is just rubbing salt on the wound. And and anybody, listen, just the the, the creature comforts. We're not talking you know extravagance here. We're talking being able to live and take that off your plate. No pun intended. And, and, you know, worry about and get to the business of getting better. And so that's why you guys are so essential. Yeah, we're very blessed to be able to help a lot of families. We'll help over a thousand families this year, all local, all in the area. And what we do is the money that's collected at each ACME goes to their district. So people that are shopping at their neighborhood ACME, whether it's Richboro or Upper Darby or in Delaware or New Jersey, that money stays in that physical area because we break it up by that. Yeah, and you know what? When when people have a uh, uh, a medical situation impact their lives, um, something that you may not consider until it happens to you is uh, the the 
overwhelming concern over not only the medical side of things but the financial side of things and how are we going to how are we going to concern ourselves with these necessities to get by when we're just trying to get better over yeah. here and 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 get healthy and that can lead to a mental breakdown and an overwhelming sensation and you guys try to step in and just ease a little bit of that yeah the terms like i've heard is financial toxicity if you have cancer and you're diagnosed with cancer, as Steve, as you know, you're out of pocket, even with health care benefits, can be tens of thousands of dollars. We just want to come in and take a, give these folks a break and let them know they're cared about, let them know they're not forgotten, let them know people want them to be in a better place. And it's the purest kind of charity, which is what we love, is that you not only are you able to know that the money is going to go directly to the people that need it, but the locality, you know, you... you you can know that the 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 uh, the money that is going to the people in your area, you know, listen, it's so easy at the checkout. You just tag on a couple extra bucks if you can. You know, during the camp out for hunger, I ended up donating to the camp out because that's where I go, Acme. Right. You know, countless times. It's sort of an effortless thing. And you'll be the people are, are just so given that option right at that moment are so generous. And so this is so wonderful for you guys. And again, it's virtually effortless on the part of the people making the donation. Yeah, and people are just kind, and people are good, and our job of bringing help home is to make it easy for people to help others, and, and Acme has been such a great part of us for seven years, and they've really contributed a huge amount to our growth, and you guys, too, have been great partners for us, which we really appreciate. We're, we're more than happy to do it. You're doing the legwork, man, so it's it's hard work, and we appreciate it, so we'll, we'll get the word out, uh, and there's also... Should you be affected by cancer in your life, uh, go to bringinghopehome.org yep. and, and reach out for help. I mean, there's, uh, there's information on there um, on what to do, Paul, right, if, if, uh, if, this right. Is, if this is new to you. And they, they can also go to their social worker at their hospital if they're currently in treatment and see if they can get some help that way. And by the way, Preston, uh, September 5th, Tuesday, September 5th, now that your shoulder's all better, yes. we hope to see you and Casey at our golf outing. Yes. All right, September 5th, I'm going to jot that down now, 9-5. Tuesday after Labor Day. I'll Divine 9. Oh, all right, yeah. cool, Correct. buddy. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Paul. You guys, you continue to do great work. Uh, we're, we're happy to be associated with you and proud to know you, and we'll make sure that people are aware of that. So it's for the entire month of March, Correct. Correct. At Acme. Stop by your local Acme. Excellent. Great work, Paul. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yeah. Paul Eisenberg. Certainly bringing hope home. The great, great group of people. He's awesome, man. It, terrific. Again, yeah. we, we have a, a number of organizations and charities that we work with that are just so seamless and so perfect and so uh, good at what they do. And uh, bringing hope home is absolutely one of them. Um, I know we have a couple of minutes for our next guest, and, and actually it's, it gives me some time because I wanted to pass along this. I saw this over the weekend, and uh, speaking of, of good people in the world, I saw that this woman had passed away. Her name is uh, Judith Judy Human, or H-E-U-M-A-N-N is how you spell her name. And I found out about her when I watched the docu- uh, documentary called Crip Camp. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. No, I did not. It is Fantastic. She is widely regarded as the mother of the disability rights movement, and she unfortunately passed away over the weekend. So she was, and I'll read this directly from the story, she was at the forefront of major disability rights demonstrations, helped spearhead the passage of disability rights legislation, founded national and international disability advocacy advocacy organizations she herself had polio okay she was born in philadelphia by the way oh was she yeah and she was in this documentary 
crit camp. So it's about this camp for disabled kids and how at that time, yeah. um, like they were, you know, unfortunately, it's a, it's a time in in uh, in our existence as human beings that that people were looked at as less than because right. they were disabled, and I mean very much so, just shunned and, yeah. and pushed aside. But this was uh, this. I'm, I'm getting choked yeah. up thinking about it. This camp was um, unlike any others. They were it was run by disabled people. They were disabled themselves, and they had people to relate to. And what eventually ended up happening with her is when the um, Americans with Disabilities Act was passed. Um, you know, they they were excited this legislation sure, had happened, absolutely. But no one was actually instituting it. They right. weren't making things more accessible oh. for uh, the disabled. And she gathered everybody, and they started having protests, and they got together. And these, uh, you know, these corporations are like, "This is going to be really super expensive for us to do this." And they're like, "Yeah, but you have to. It's yeah. the law. Right? You have to do this." Like nobody was actually enacting those things uh-huh. that needed to be done to make things better uh, for these disabled people. And she and their group of people made it happen. It was. It was really something else. That it, I'm, I'm telling you guys, you should watch this documentary. Crip Camp. It's absolutely amazing, and I think we saw. I think it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she had polio when she was two years old. Her doctors advised her parents to institutionalize her uh, when it was clear that uh, she would never be able to walk. And apparently, they said um, in her. Um, book she said institutionalization was the status quo in 1949 oh yeah yeah kids with disabilities were considered a hardship uh economically and socially and uh when she attempted to enter kindergarten the principal blocked her family from entering the school labeling her a fire hazard uh but her parents uh particular her mother fought back and demanded that she have access to a classroom she was uh, eventually able to attend a special school, high school, Long Island University. Mm. Uh, she earned a BA in 1969, and then University of California, Berkeley. She earned a master's in public health uh, six years later. Yeah, she was an incredible person. Um, and then she uh, uh, she was with uh, all different the, all these different boards and stuff and just continued throughout her life to pave the way. And she just passed? Uh, she just passed over the weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. She lived one hell of a life. It's pretty amazing. That is a, a, a staggering legacy to leave behind. Absolutely. You know, I mean, just brave people like that blow me away. I look at, like, the, um, you know, people that were the, uh, like, the Freedom Riders. Yeah. You know, I mean, in my mind, they were some of the bravest people that ever lived uh, to go, Right into the 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 you know the jaws uh, of the monster and say we're gonna we're gonna take a stand and we're we're gonna make sure that these laws that have been enacted or that have been passed need to actually need to actually yeah enact these things and it was pretty amazing so if you guys get a chance watch that that documentary it'll it it's it was a life changer for me and I, I know I don't use those words that often but I mean Rochelle and I watched it we were just blown away by it but her name was uh, Judy Human. Uh, and uh, yeah, she passed away over the weekend, yeah. but lived a, a long life and what a great uh, legacy to leave behind. Absolutely, it's, it's definitely one you guys will want to see. That's very impressive. Yeah, I would like, like to check that out. So I'm glad we got a chance to mention that. How much time we have for our next guest? Any moment? And she is on Zoom. Yeah, she's Zoom uh, via Zoom like nine thirty ish, something like that. So I, I want to uh, ask you guys because uh, speaking of uh, people living with disabilities. Um, and I apologize because I don't know this guy's name, but UFC 285 was the other night, and John Jones was in the uh, 
the locker room, getting ready to you know for his fight. And there is a, this guy who is an MMA fighter, um, but he has like no lower limb, like whatsoever. And no, no what now? Limbs, low, okay. lower limbs. Like his his body basically stops just below his rib cage. Okay. okay. And biologically speaking, I just don't know how that works. You know oh, as I mean? far as like, uh, like if if he has genitalia or uh, excretory, uh... excretory, not not necessarily genitalia, but like right. you know, clearly oh, you this, have to. This guy, yeah, I know, but I'm I'm um because he has to eat and drink to stay alive. Yeah, sure, and, absolutely, and, and all that. And Listen, they can do all kinds of work with your with your plumbing and mm-hmm. and you know colostomies and and things like that. And you know, it's pretty common in the world of. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, Caroline with um, Crohn's and the people I see right. with the ulcerative colitis, and they they can, they can. I, I mean, it's pretty intense, right. but they can do a lot with your inner workings. But this guy is just an amazing human to to just watch. And, Zion and Clark. Zion Clark's his name, and and huh. at one point before the uh, before the match, I guess he had a uh, a push off with John Jones, you know, the the heavyweight champion of the world, right? <laughs> and this guy. Was just going to town, you know, doing these push-ups, and you know, not only you know because he doesn't have a lower half, like right. he's, you know, it's it's a balanced thing, but also you can see in this picture press, he's just oh yeah, and well, there there are some people who have had to rely on their on their upper limbs to to get around, yeah, and therefore their muscles develop yeah. like crazy. But we're looking at a picture of him, yeah, he's just jacked beyond belief. Uh, real quick, I have uh, Tara who's on the line wants to call in. Hi, Tara. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. What's up, Tara? I just heard that you guys were just talking about people who has our kids that has disability. Yes. And I am one of them. Oh. I have a learning disability. Okay. And I am part bipolar schizophrenic. Okay. And people don't want to hire me because that. And I lost two jobs because of it. Oh, you, no. you lost two jobs because of this? Yeah. So I just want to say thank you for recognizing that there are people out there that are struggling. Oh yeah, most definitely, and and uh, you know there obviously there are groups that that help out people like yourself and and social workers and so on, and it can be tough to find your footing and find yeah. your way. But you know, I'm hoping eventually you're gonna stumble into the right place and and the right yeah. people. Uh, I am a fighter, so it's not like I give up my life. I am a true fighter. Well, good, good, and <laughs> stay at it. I, I, yeah, well, we we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you calling in for that. Yeah, thank you, Tara. All right, bye, Sue. All right, take care. Get Sue to you too. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, Crip Camp is an amazing documentary. If you get a chance to see that, so just wanted to pass that along. Um, so we got a minute word yet? No word yet. Okay. Uh, you know what, man? You know you got you got to move along sometimes. I did notice a few other things. You did. You want to? Yes. Oh, well, I mean, just to notice for part two. I'm not sure what. Thought to... the first part was great. <laughs> Talking about depression of our retirement. Wait for this one. <laughs> uh, Chick Fil A confirmed kidney stones part two that someone successfully launched an automated attack against the company's website and no! app over the course of more than two months, stealing customer sensitive information. Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. Don't we have a Chick-fil-A right across, basically diagonally across the street? Yeah, I went there the other day. Uh, they don't have a drive-thru. Where the old and, pot belly used to be, right? Yeah, and they don't know. Really? No, not where the pot belly was, but where the... 
It might have been the California Pizza Kitchen. Damn it. That's gone, yeah. too? Yeah, so it's right next to uh, Chipotle. There's a Starbucks in there and then uh, California Pizza I don't even Kitchen. think there Starbucks a, is there anymore. There was a Pie Way. Was that the name Pay of the place? Pie Way. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's it. You know, it's, it's tough I haven't been over any... there in a long time. Neither have I. The parking's already been a little problematic. Yeah, and then you have that sort of Batmobile entrance. It sort of curves up around. But I'm yeah. not allowed to cross the street by myself. Damn either, it. So that's... I'll take well, you over. The problem with the entrance is sometimes people think they can exit through there where it oh. clearly says uh, entrance I, uh, only. And sucks. I came face to face with a car and I'm like, bro, I'm not backing out yeah, on yeah. the City Line Avenue. You can back up this hill because you're going the wrong way. You I know? hate that's it. That's it. Presidential and uh, and City Ave. Yep. I hate that area. Yeah. I can't stand driving in that area. People are insane driving yeah. in that area. I do not like to go That's through why that. why I bypass it. Yeah, I do not like to go through that intersection. But they don't allow any mobile ordering at that one, um, even though when you walk in, it says, like, mobile pickup, but there's no mobile ordering there. So That's ridiculous. You just have to wait in line. Kind of <laughs> insanity is that. What world are we living in? How many Do you, do you hit uh, Chick-fil-A often? Uh, I probably, yeah, I mean, probably more often than you guys do, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I haven't been in years. But the, so I have two that I can choose from, one in Springfield and one in, like, Granite Run, and the one in Springfield I can't go to anymore because the drive-thru is just insane, and they basically have, like, two different entrances to get to the drive-thru, so there's, like, this weird jockeying for, for position, but the one at Granite Run, you know, even if that, uh, drive-thru is packed, it moves. All it right. moves real, real quick. So the stolen information, so with the, the attack uh, using logins obtained from a third party to access member reward site Chick-fil-A 1 uh, was carried out between December of uh, 2022 and February of this year. So this hijacking of uh, sites and holding them for ransom... Uh, is uh, is definitely on the uptick. Well, this wasn't this wasn't a ransomware. Oh, uh, was it? This is just flat out stolen. So, really? Uh, the stolen information may have included your name, email address, Chick Fil A one membership number, waffle fry preference, and your mom- mobile pay number, QR code, mast credit slash debit card number. So mm-hmm. it only showed like the last few digits. That sucks. And uh, the amount of Chick Fil A credit on your account, if any. Uh, in addition, if uh, saved to your account, the information may have included the month and day of your birthday. Son of a bitch. Phone number you and guys address. Ever been part of a data breach? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the play, the uh, the Sony one, the PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. was I remember that a couple of years ago. Yeah. My uh, I have a, my credit is like not frozen. What do you do? Like, if, if I need to get a loan or anything like that, I have to call like Equifax and have them like uh, unfreeze my credit. It's such really? a really yeah. Yeah, because I have uh, this uh, IRA account, and it was breached. And I need and you to unbreak my heart. I got a call from my wife saying that my Social Security <laughs> numbers on the dark web, and I'm like, oh, my God, what does that mean? Is somebody buying bazookas? Oh, that buying, sucks. You know? Right. Uh, but is there anything does. that can be done about it? Uh, no. Because like, my fear is that if and when that stuff ever happens, there's very little recourse. Do you have any uh, protection programs like uh, LifeLock and um, yeah, uh, but and I Pornhub? Just, I, I, I have Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. Is that supposed to protect you? Yeah, in, in times of crisis, uh, yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah. I will turn someone? to it. Yes, yeah. I just don't know, Steve. Like once that stuff gets out there, what can be done? About I know, it, you know, I know. If someone really wants to be devious about it, and they're going to, you know, they know what they're doing. They can, they can f you up. But I mean, having as many. Um, Arrows in your quiver, as they say, right. uh, is is a good way to approach it. But what sucks, Nick, is is they gave me like two years of like life lock or whatever, and I'm like, how about you give me a whole lifetime of yes. that? Because I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it for my entire life, and your ineptitude or whatever it was, uh, you know, you blame it yeah. on yourself or you know whatever. 
Blame it, it on the not, rain. It's not my fault. Yeah, but did we learn nothing from yeah. Millie Vanilli? Yeah. It's not my fault, so you guys should cover this for the rest of my life. You yeah. need Millie Vanilli Lock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I agree. That's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't your fault. No, no. But, like, you know, it is what it is. And, I, I mean, I don't, who do I call? Besides Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. <laughs> and Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? We just had uh, three Vanilli. references. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Marissa has not heard from our guest. All right. Uh-huh. So she spoke to her last night, but she's on the West Coast there. I don't know if there's... She might, yes. I, I have an, uh, an app question then for you guys. Um, okay. how, do we all... Do we all have the Wawa app? Yes. Yes. I do. Oh, I yeah. do. Steve, I thought about you last night because I hadn't checked my Wawa app in uh, two or three days, and I was pleasantly surprised that this week... If you buy one Wawa burger, you get another one for free. Oh, really? They they, they will sometimes surprise you with automatic rewards. Little gifts. Yeah, and, and this was not I had earned it yeah. reward. This was a, hey, we're Wawa, and we love you, and we're going to surprise you with a hey, reward. Hey, sucker. Hey, sucker. <laughs> so I've not yet had the Wawa burger yet. Uh, listen, L- listen, is it like having a Kobe beef burger? At- no, but it is a Casey. Yeah. It's a very viable burger. It is, is it a not? very viable burger. No and in doubt. times of crisis, okay. when your life lock isn't working, yeah. that should be their slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Wawa, a very viable burger. In times, <laughs> in of, times crisis. of crisis. In times of crisis. It's a very. I just found out that I had psoriasis and I was depressed. <laughs> Thank God the Wawa burger was there waiting for me. It's very viable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, gang, you got to admit, when you heard Wawa is going to have burgers, well, I, mean, I love well, Wawa stuff. Yeah, the reason, the, being, the reason you don't think about it is because they don't have a grill back there. Right. And so, so you're what, not really, What are you they know, doing? Yeah. But now that I have this incentive, to me, that's a good reason to get it. I found out I had a horrible skin condition that would haunt me the days of my life. And then I found out Wawa had a burger for me. <laughs> and my life turned around. Wawa Burgers. Very viable. <laughs> Do you want to talk to somebody who had their identity stolen 10 years ago and it can can explain the fallout yeah, to you? Yeah. sure it's them. All right, we're going to go to uh, Jay. Hi, Jay. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Gadzooks, you guys. Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? So, yeah, it's a long long story that all went with it, but I'll tell you, it was, it was a nightmare for me. I came home one day from work, got a phone call that says, hey, um, we wanted to confirm, was this, did you spend $2,300 at Home Depot today? I'm like, no, I just got home. So... I made a phone call. They put me through the fraud department. They said, here's this false charge. Here's another one. Um, Over the course of the weekend, I found out that this guy had gotten a hold of my Social Security number and had just basically made a run going through, like, instant credit at Home Depot. Oh, man. Um, It was $15,000 in the course of a weekend he spent in my name, and it was all – on all things, and I then had to clean up. I ended up, the good news is I didn't end up having to pay for any of it, but let me tell you what a nightmare it was trying to clean it up because the phone calls, the paperwork, the affidavits, everything during, as they, what you would say, banker's hours when, you know, I'm still trying to work. So it was, Did you do, it was, was just a was, giant nightmare. Was there, so there are services that promise or that say they provide the sort of all-in-one service that you used to get, to take care of everything so they they pull it all together and they'll handle everything for you was that available to you did you use something similar to that or did you have I, you did everything yourself well i didn't have i think 
there was something like, I don't know, maybe like a year or two before I had somehow gotten access to this service that catches these things. Right. But it, it wasn't that service that caught it. I got a phone call from like one, like GE Money Bank, I think was the name. And they said, hey, we, we detected this very strange, um, you know, charge today at Home Depot in King of Prussia. I said, no, I wasn't me. I wasn't mm. there. So <laughs> I literally went to that Home Depot and, and followed up, and they said, oh, Listen, yeah, I remember Listen, you might want to guy. sit down and have a burger. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they didn't have any burgers yeah. available. So no. <laughs> Very viable. Yeah. Uh, Jay, did they happen to catch this person? So the funny thing about it was one of the places, it was, uh, I think, uh, it was a Best Buy. They had, they said, oh, we got him on, we got him on camera. We got him here. We got him everywhere in the store. We're going to put everything together on a CD. Yeah, CD. Um, and, and your finest boombox. Like, they're they're going to get all that information. We can't give it to you, but we can release it to the law enforcement when you have your, um, your what do you call it? Your warrant. Right. Yeah. So. The, the when I ended up filing the police report and the detective followed through with all of it, he said, well, I called them back. They called me. I couldn't get a hold of the manager. <gasps> oh, we lost it. Oh, it's a nightmare. Kind of, Best Buy just kind of wrote off the loss. And this the, the, the law enforcement told me they really can't because they got nothing because he just he, he had a, a driver's license made with his information. No, my information and his number on it. He had a whole network. This wow. was not like I found somebody's credit card and right. spent money on it. This yeah, it's was. horrible, man. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. well, I'm, I'm glad you're mostly past it, but yeah. it, it's, oh, it yeah. sucks when you're in it. I mean, I, I think statistically speaking, Thanks, somebody listening right now has stolen somebody else's identity. Right. Please call. Don't be a coward. Call in. I want to I find out what makes you tick. Why do you do something like you this? Want, you want to speak to someone who does this type of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, and on tonight's be... cross-examination, <laughs> right. Casey takes on identity fraud. <laughs> uh, join me tonight at 9. I'm going to be talking to people who do this for a living. And uh, tell you about my years in the running away club. <laughs> it was not years. Uh, it was one. It was like a, a month. And then, and then two girls ran away. And, I misspoke. Yeah. It was a month. <laughs> Uh, okay, I was going to wrap it up, but you want to wait and see if somebody calls in? Uh, we don't have, no, they're they're cowards, they're not going to call well, in. Well, you never yeah. know, you never know, we might get a, a, an identity well, thief all right, while on we're, the line. While we're waiting real quick, okay. can, I, can I say a thank you? Because I just want to, I want to thank Montage Mountain. I went skiing yesterday, I stayed up there for the whole weekend, and we were talking a little bit about the Cardboard Classic earlier, and uh, yesterday was the best day of skiing I've had in a long, long time. Awesome. Maybe, maybe the best day I've ever had in the Poconos. The lines were, were non-existent. The slopes, the, the condition of the hills were fantastic, and it was really funny to me because I, I went down one of the slopes, one of the ski runs, and that's exactly where the sleds were going down oh, on cool. Friday. Yeah. And so they kind of, like, massaged over that and groomed it all out, and you couldn't even tell that we had had a major event there 40 hours prior. Uh, but it was so much fun being up there and, and skiing. So thanks so much to uh, Jeff uh, Slavinsky. He's the marketing manager. We had him on the Super show nice guy. Super nice and guy. And you said you are using a stolen credit card. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. listen, I didn't want to pay for everything. <laughs> and... Uh, so they'll help you with, like, a credit card fraud. Right this way, Mr. Yeah. Papadopoulos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Underhill. <laughs> yeah. I got a uh, cheesesteak and a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. Lobster Thermidor. But anyway, it was a great day of skiing. And, awesome. Uh, I just, I hadn't, um, I knew we were going to have a great time on Friday with Cardboard Classic. I didn't know I was going to have so much fun skiing yesterday as well. So sold on that. All right. We got somebody. All right. We got one. We I'm going to go to Danielle. Hi, uh, Danielle. Good morning. What's up, guys? Good morning. Hey, so it says here, you stole someone's credit card and ID. I did. Okay. Was this um, a long time ago? 
It was a long time ago. I mean, I did because I was on drugs. Okay. You're on drugs. Okay. You're on drugs, so you needed drug money. And and what, what did you? how did you go about doing what you did? So I was on a train. Someone left their wallet. I picked it up. It was in there. I went on a shopping spree. I bought a bunch of stuff. I resold it. I mean, it was years ago. Thank God I've been sober in AA and NA for three years now. So. Wow. Is it part of your um, amends process by any chance? Um. I mean, I can't, it, it is an amends, but I can't make a financial amends to someone I have no recollection who they are. Okay. Okay. But I can do it in other ways. Like, I help people on the street. I If someone's in front of me in line, I'll pay for something or pay for someone at Wawa behind me. You know, stuff like so that. So, when I think of someone stealing someone's ID, I think of a scammer. I yeah. think of someone, something different, not like someone who's doing something desperate or right. along those lines. But I didn't consider that. That's probably the, the majority, It right? sounds a little less sophisticated than maybe the type of things that we're talking about. Right. You know? But, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you're in a better place now, Danielle, right? Definitely a better place. Well, I'm happy. Where do you stand on the Wawa hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> is it viable? Yeah, is it viable? No, no. That, and and the fact you, that, you, that she would cover, you know, because right. she's right. You can't. You don't know who you stole from. You right. know. So, um, all right. Let me go to Julie. Not quite the same thing. Let me go to Julie. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good. What's up, Julie? So it's kind of what you're asking about, like you know, someone who does this and how do they kick, but I can hopefully relate to it uh, intimately. So my father-in-law, um, when my husband and I were first starting out, and, and mind you, we didn't either of us have a good leg up from our families, um, stole my husband's credit. And they did this because remember in the old days, you would get credit card offers in the mail. Oh, here, sign this yes. check. We'll send it in. We'll give you 10 grand. Um so all my husband's mail, when he, we first moved in together, went to his parents' home, and my father-in-law forged signature. How and, much How much debt did he run up? Uh, about $40,000. In the world would equal about $150,000, $200,000. And we were just starting. Oh. Well, that, that used to happen. Well, if, you know, you would have, they would send those credit card offers yeah. with, with a card you could activate. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what ended up happening, and, and I'll tell you what makes them tick, is it's just sheer greed. My my mother-in-law was one who always felt she deserved what everybody else had, even if they didn't uh, own up to it or work for it and was very entitled and and drove him. And he played into it, you know, let's make it look good at the mailbox, as they say. It all has to look really good at the mailbox. Hmm. And um, it took us five years, about $40,000 out of our own oh. pocket to figure out how, and, and time. The man that called in and said about the time he had to invest during the workday. You yeah. can't yeah. do this at night. It, it was so exhausting. And, and, and they didn't even offer, like, to help or pay for it or yeah. nothing. Uh. But it's just like, you're our, you're our son. We can do what we want with you. You came out of our house. We're gonna. Well, that's that's uh, that's insane. Yeah. How, how long? I mean, are you completely clear of all that now? Oh yeah, this was back in like the early '80s, um, mid '80s, and it took us until the early '90s to literally clear it up. Clear it up, yeah. To the point where we could 
I mean, and, and I mean, I listen, you're, you're messing with people's lives, their ability to, to buy a home or, or rent a home. It, or, it, that, that's why they know? come down so hard on, yeah. on crimes of this nature. The fact that you were able to clear it up before grunge finally kicked in was good, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, we we didn't have the opportunity to, you know, viscerate any of our our hardships by going to Wawa and getting the hamburger. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, See, viable. just yeah. a simple joy of a viable burger. A whole lot easier if we could have just drove to Wawa and got. A Julie, hamburger. you are you are you are very clear on this, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. All right, you're take welcome. care. I'm glad you all passed right. all of that. I, I want to go to this other caller here. It's not his real name, but we're going to call him John, and he did indeed scam people. Uh, John, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, man. All right, so uh, what kind of a scam did you run? Well, so it was a, it wasn't a single person. It was a uh, corporate business. Okay. And uh, I got a hold of their information, and uh, I, I actually was able to get a credit card. And uh, I, I ran it up. I used to be a drug addict. and that's what, that's uh, I have what a feeling, John, that this is the reason that, that a lot of people do this. Now, did you get a corporate credit card? Yep, I got a corporate credit card. And um, I was running up Home Depots and Best Buys and Lowe's. And uh, I, I ended up running up probably about forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 of it until it actually got uh, cut off. So how did you get caught? Uh, I actually didn't. It, it um, it just stopped working one day. Okay. I left it alone, and so you know were what you, I mean, I would. Uh, were you doing the other caller was doing buying stuff and then going and selling it for cash? Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was doing. I w- and I would never go inside the store. Yeah. I would always do like curbside pickup and stuff. Okay. So I was never on camera. Do you do you have a feeling that that a lot of the um, a lot of this a lot of this identity theft and so on and so forth relating to crimes of this nature in some way involves drugs? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, absolutely. Hmm. Wow. Uh, how are you now? Uh, now I run my own business. Uh, it's a Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I work at Home Depot. <laughs> you, you had so so much inventory. Uh, yeah. No, no. I, uh, I I I do do uh, I I do home remodeling. So um, let, let me ask you: Do do you now on the other side of having your own business have, have you know? Does it carry extra impact or uh, on you what what you did? Um, I definitely I definitely have guilt about it. Uh, definitely have guilt. Um, but at least you know it it was a high um, you know a high corporate business. They do bring a lot of money in. Okay. They don't mind stealing from the wealthy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you right. know what it's happens is that that gets passed along. That's the problem. Are right? you clean they, now, John? They got a little bit to share. Yeah. Are you clean now? Yeah, I'm clean. I've been clean for about four years now. All right, okay. good. Um, you know, I, I got right. my own money now. All right. Yeah. Here's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna this might clear your head a little bit and, and clear your heart. I want you today to purchase twenty Wawa hamburgers <laughs> and bring them down to a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right, I can do that. All right, man. Thank right. you. Thank you, John. Being an addict is not a good excuse. It's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and uh, you know, as a you know somebody in recovery, I you know I want to have as much um, sympathy and empathy as I possibly can. But when you are mm, 
stealing somebody's identity and running on bills in somebody else's name. Like, I just, or it, 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 you can't condone that type of behavior. Casey, mm-hmm. yeah. so uh, did you watch the Matt, the Bernie Madoff uh, no, s- no, special I can't. on Netflix? I need to see that. I'm murder that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just, you, you're destroying, destroying people's, lives. people's lives. Yeah, everything just, irrevocably. It worked for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all of the, all of the, the efforts and the hard work yeah. and the sweat and the labor and all of that, mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. That you, that you, <laughs> turkey chili, turkey soup, gone. Yeah, gone. <laughs> turkey a la king. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, gone. Get your coats. <laughs> we are going out. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you know, this is, this, you, you, you do what you're supposed to do and you work really, really right. hard and, and you earn that <laughs> and somebody who has no uh, right to it at all. What are you laughing at? Darren McGavin. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> We go from Wawa Burgers to Darren McGavin. But it is something. I mean, you think, and sadly, a lot of times the victims are people who are have put together what they believe to be a solid retirement package yeah. in their latter years. Ugh. Like the happy people in your earlier story who've hit the the, the age mark where they're they're going to yes. sow the reap the benefits After of their 50. efforts. Steve, mm-hmm. is that the documentary where they they talk uh, to uh, Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick? Yes, uh-huh. and they they got they got out. whomped. Yeah, Man. fortunately, they had the wherewithal and the ability to. Get a lot of it back. That's good. You know, I mean, earn it, earn it back. All right. Well, listen, we gotta, we gotta wrap up. Uh, and uh, did we, we learn had, anything? We had to shift there for a moment because I didn't know we were going to be doing the notice. Or again, we had a guest uh, scheduled that didn't call in. So that's what you do. We noticed a guest didn't call in. Didn't we notice that together? Didn't we? To be a Zoom call, and we're really looking forward to it. I know. I know. I need a Walmart burger now. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back in a second, and I do indeed legitimately have some bizarre file stories to share with you. So we'll get to that next day with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. One more shot at the Bizarre Five. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Five. Brought to you this morning by Monster Mania. The biggest names in horror are going to be at Monster Mania Com 53. It's this weekend at the Doubletree Hotel in Cherry Hill. Special guests include uh, Charlie Hunnam and the Sons of Anarchy Reunion. Cool. Uh, tickets at monstermania.net. One person died as a result of severe turbulence on a private business jet that was diverted to Bradley International Airport in Windsor Locks, Connecticut on Friday. I can only imagine what it must have been like in that plane. Wow. Bombardier, a Bombardier CL-30 jet uh, was diverted to the Connecticut airport on Friday after encountering severe turbulence. That turbulence resulted in fatal injuries to one passenger, according to the NTSB. Uh, They wrote on Twitter that three passengers and two crew members were on board the private jet. The person who died has not been publicly identified and no other information has been provided about them. Investigators removed the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder and are continuing to gather information from the flight crew, operator, and other passengers. That's all the information I have on that. But that yeah, just it must have been horrific. Horrible. Yeah. In Kuala Lumpur, a medical officer at the hospital in Malaysia, state of Perak, has been reprimanded for refusing treatment for a woman because she was wearing shorts. What? In a statement, the... That's how you go to a hospital? Uh, in shorts, yes, in please. In shorts? As the, guy, the only guy here in shorts. <laughs> in a statement, the hospital's director said that it had never given out orders or denied any patients from receiving treatment based on the way that they are dressed. 
He said the hospital has reprimanded the officer involved and uh, action has been taken to ensure that similar incidents do not reoccur. White shoes after Labor Day? The statements <laughs> uh, statement comes after social media fury over the incident on Sunday where a woman who wanted to seek treatment in the hospital was allegedly asked to go home and change her clothes by an officer on duty as she was wearing shorts. Uh, the health minister said a detailed investigation will be conducted over the incident and added that every patient was entitled to receive priority for treatment without regard to their race, nationality, or dress code. That's all fine, but shorts? Uh, by the way, this is not the first instance in which attire policing in Malaysia has made the headlines. In February of this year, a member of parliament urged police to stop moral policing as a woman was denied entry to a police station due to the length of her pants. God almighty. <laughs> so they've got real problems there, folks. I was denied my first colonoscopy because I was wearing an ascot. Oh my yeah. God. And that's not anywhere near your ass. No, I know. Even though it says it yes, right in the name. Yes, in Ascot. Crazy. This world. I'll tell you, it's a hellhole. A Nebraska sheriff's office cited two men for allegedly hunting a bald eagle with the intention of cooking and eating the national bird. The sheriff's office said that it responded to a report of a series of a suspicious vehicle at the Wood Duck Recreation Area in eastern Nebraska on Tuesday. Law enforcement found the two men, uh, Ramiro Zekin and Domingo Hernandez, in possession of a dead bald eagle. The two men, who uh, live in Norfolk, Nebraska, uh, but are Honduran nationals, said that they not only shot and killed the bird, but they also intended to cook and eat the eagle. Uh, the- Do they believe it has some sort of culinary attribute to it, or is it just a bird of... The first bird they were able to uh, that, kill. That's what I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe they just saw it and they well, got you lucky. you ever had really good bald eagle? Yeah. So uh, the two men uh, said that, yeah, they were going to cook and eat the eagle. The sheriff's office cited both men for unlawful possession of the eagle. I uh, said more serious charges are possible as the investigation into the unlawful killing continues. The Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act federally prohibits killing a bald eagle. Saw a bald eagle on Saturday flying over the Susquehanna River. Oh, really? Yeah. They're beautiful, right. no, aren't they? God, majestic. Yeah, majestic. What are, what are, are, are bald eagles larger than golden eagles, or are they around the same size, or? But Casey was down near that, uh, that place called the Conowingo Dam, which is on the Susquehanna, and that's apparently, like, a hot spot for bald eagle spotting. Like, you can go down and check them out, and uh, that's a cool place to see them. Wow. Okay. Oh wait, there's a comparison chart, Preston. The, the the bald eagle appears to be a little beefier, a little broader. Yeah, yeah. well, he works out. Yep. Yeah, he does. He's buff. Uh, Patricia to compensate for having no hair. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia Copta, a Pittsburgh street preacher, also known as the Sparrow, has been found after being missing for more than. 30 years. What? Missing for 30 years. Yeah, it's a missing persons case. It's had unsolved at the Ross Township Police Department for over 30 years. Bob Copta said, I come home one night and she's just gone and nobody knows where she's at. Bob Copta struggles to talk about the journey to search for his missing wife. He said that she had some mental health issues and talked about wanting to go to Puerto Rico where it is warm. He said it's um, it's been going on almost 31 years. It's been bad. It cost me a lot of money. I've even put advertisements down in the paper in Puerto Rico looking for her. And while none of that worked, uh, she was right where she thought she'd be. She was in Puerto Rico. So, uh, had she adopted a different 
persona or what was what was she, this? Well, no, she she did have mental health problems. Okay, so uh, Chief Brian Collip said that uh, we were contacted by an agent from Interpol as well as a social worker from Puerto Rico who believed that they had her in an adult care home in okay. Puerto Rico. They said that uh, she came into their care in 1999 when she was found uh, in need in the streets where she was wandering around. While there, she refused to discuss her private life or where she came from. So she just kind of, they stumbled across her. She didn't have much to say. 30 years after the fact. And they, they, have, uh, they have taken care of her. Uh, years later, with dementia, she started to divulge some details that connected the dots back to Ross Township. So did this guy stay married to her for all, uh, all that I, time? I, I don't know. Uh, there were DNA samples and there was a match. Uh, Patricia's sister, uh, the case is now officially closed and the family is reconnected. Patricia's sister said, uh, we really thought she was dead yeah. all those years. Uh, we didn't expect it, and it was a very big shock to find out that she was alive, and we were so happy. Uh, in total, the whole process took about nine months from when Interpol agents contacted police, and all the DNA sampling was complete. So I don't I don't know what their next step is. I can't imagine that they bring her back from where she's been for 30 years and knows as her, you know. You know, absolutely. Uh, imagine that shock. Life. Oh, my God. Someone, that's, that's like going into Wawa and finding out they have a really good burger. Right. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a shock. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you just would not expect that. Yeah. It's very viable. Yeah. All right. And there you go. That's what I have in uh, the Bizarre File for you. <laughs> We're going to break. We'll come back in a second. Let's see if you've been listening closely because we'll have a question about uh, today's show. Lesson question. We'll do trash and music news, too. Stay put. We've actually a terrible, a sad uh, yeah. story of uh, a rock legend passed away. Uh, music news. We'll get to that. Stay put. Hey, want to hang out with your favorite MMR DJs? Check out the events and appearances page at WMMR.com. Come say hello. Plus, you might even win some cool prizes we snuck out of the building. WMMR.com's got all the where, whens, and what they're giving away. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. This is Virginia Lottery Recording Session. We're rolling. Coming this Tuesday. Actually, just read option one. New games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have a Word of the Week prize. Just want to make sure you're aware of that. It's going to be pretty solid. Chance for you to go see Muse. They are going to be playing. And by the way, the tickets are floor seats. And they will be uh, performing Sunday, March 19th, Wells Fargo Center. Special guest will be Evanescence as well. And there are some tickets that remain. You go to Wells Fargo Center, Philly. Dot com. Get those tickets. Uh, we're going to give something else away now, though. Uh, we are going to do today's lesson question. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Allison Chains founder Jerry Cantrell. Huh. Uh, his Brighton tour is going to be at the Excite Center inside of Parks Casino, and it's going to be Saturday, March 18th. All right. So the question that we will pose to you this morning um, this morning, in times of crisis, we found out what kind of burger <laughs> Wawa serves to you. Two one five two six three WMMR. What kind of burger do they serve at Wawa? And it's not a plain burger. It's not no. a cheeseburger. No, this is uh, describing <laughs> the burger in a different way. If you've heard it, then 
then you know the answer. 215-263-WMMR. And while you do that, we are going to uh, get to the trash. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Liberty Safes of New Jersey. They offer uh, delivery and in-home installation that box stores don't. Visit them on visit them on Route 130 in Bordentown or Route 73 in Mount Laurel online at LibertySafesNJ.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Fortune Magazine reporting that a new McDonald's ad campaign featuring Cardi B is not popular with franchisees because of the rapper's questionable lyrics. McDonald's says it's all in support of a new menu item, Western Avocado Pierogies or WAPs. <laughs> 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 Steven Spielberg says the U.S. government is hiding info about UFOs from the general public. Spielberg says he firmly believes there's extraterrestrial life out there that is probably both super intelligent and resembles a talking ball sack. <laughs> and finally, rapper Pooh Shiesty has been ordered to pay out almost $200,000 to victims from a shootout he was involved in three years ago. Pooh was spared potential jail time thanks to the legal efforts of his lawyer, Squirts McDingleberry. Pooh Shiesty's lawyer is Squirts McDingleberry? McDingleberry. <laughs> yeah. They were meant for each other. Absolutely. All right, we're going to see if we can get an answer to this uh, question. In times of crisis, what kind of burger does Wawa like to serve to you? And we will go to Kevin, see if we can get the answer. Hey, Kevin. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, in times of crisis, what kind of burger does Wawa like to serve to you? That would be the viable burger. A very yeah. viable burger, yes. Hang on, Kevin. We get your info, and we are going to set you up with a, where the hell is it, a pair of tickets to see <laughs> Allison Chains Pounder. Uh, Jerry Cantrell. It's the Brighton Tour at the Excite Center inside Parks Casino on Saturday, March 18th. Uh, MMR VIPs, you can enter at WMMR.com for a chance to for the VIP meet and greet and sound check. Uh, Nick, you have a picture of uh, Jerry Cantrell. What is this from? It's the movie Jerry Maguire, and uh, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise, takes his um, uh, memo into a, a copy mat, which is it was actually a Kinko's overnight, and the guy that Helps him get it produced and printed is Jerry Cantrell. No kidding. And I always think of Jerry Cantrell uh, and in Jerry Maguire whenever I hear his name. Yeah, there's so many um, uh, grunge artists that populate yes. that movie. And and it's also phenomenal. because uh, Cameron Crowe is just a huge fan of all of those guys. I mean, yeah. Cameron Crowe did singles, yeah. so a lot of those Allison Chain guys were well, in singles. But yeah, he just showed up as a, a cameo in uh, Jerry Maguire. Who else is in that movie? Well, you have um, um, from Soundgarden, yeah. Uh, um, God. Are you thinking of singles? What, what, what are you saying? Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking yeah. of singles. Yeah, but the same. I was like, I, if there were other yeah. grunge artists in Jerry Maguire, then it went way over my well, head. Yeah. Troy Aikman. He's grunge. Glenn he's, Fry's in it. Now, he's not a grunge artist. He always true. puts musicians yeah. in the movies. Like, he there's does. a couple in, yeah. um, what was it, uh, um, Vanilla Sky? I only saw that movie once. I yeah. Me too. Very it trippy. A, it was a strange movie. But he yeah. always puts musicians in them. Yeah, it would make yeah. sense. Okay. All right, speaking of uh, musicians, music news. <laughs> Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Legend handle things up smart. Brought to you this morning by... <laughs> I know it's not that. 
No, it could uh, be that. Is it a live casino Philly? Let's do that. Yes, you can catch all, right. all the March Madness at Sports and Social on the 52-foot wow. big screen at Live Casino Philly featuring Bud Light packages, giveaways, games, and more for an unmatched basketball viewing experience. That's cool. <laughs> I have a mouse over here, and occasionally I hit it accidentally. <laughs> and, and that that was oh. the sound I got that you heard. <laughs> All right, so this was uh, unfortunate news to see this morning. Guitarist Gary Rossington, the last remaining original member of Leonard Skinner, passed away on Sunday. He was 71 years old. Uh, Rossington had been sidelined from the band's recent dates following emergency heart surgery that he had in 2021. Uh, The band issued a statement that said, It is with our deepest sympathy and sadness that we have to advise that we lost our brother, friend, family member, songwriter, and guitarist Gary Rossington today. Gary is now with his Skinner brothers and family in heaven and playing it pretty like he always does. Uh, Please keep Dale, Marianne, Annie, and the entire Rossington family in your prayers and respect the family's privacy at this difficult time. This is him on slide guitar. Yeah. time great solos period man um best remembered for that and also as a songwriter he left his mark co-writing such southern rock standards as sweet home alabama what's your name give me back my bullets i ain't the one simple man and others um he had broken both arms both legs both wrists both ankles and his pelvis in that 1977 plane crash Jesus that took the lives of his Leonard Skinner bandmates uh, lead singer Ronnie Van Zant guitarist Steve Gaines uh, and his sister backup singer Cassie Gaines so uh, I mean by all rights he probably I mean the fact that he survived that at all is miraculous. Uh, yes, Skinner manager uh, Dean Kilpatrick, as well as the Plains 2 pilots Walter McCreary and William Gray. There was a wonderful documentary about that band uh, that came out just a couple of years ago. It was so well done. And uh, the drummer, Artemis Pyle, had said about that plane crash, he's like, um, he said, I forgot exactly what he said, but uh, he, he, he was um, he was saying that they the people that died in that crash was, uh, he said it in a way that was like they died a very dignified death. Like they weren't, they were very aware of what was going on at the time and they were at peace with, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could remember. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I wish it? I could remember how he put it because he said it so eloquently. Um, wow. That, to, to think of it in those terms too, that, you know, at the point where you're, you know, you're checking out and yeah. you know there's nothing you can do. You know, it's like the scene in Almost Famous where people are freaking yeah. out. And then there's just people who just quiet resolve. Okay, yeah. this this is the way of it. Um, and in that documentary, it's pretty wild. There, There's a, a guy that uh, takes them into the uh, into the woods out where that crash was. And there's still pieces yeah. of the plane because it's so deep into nothing where they crash. Don't people periodically go looking for I think so. pieces? Yeah. And he said they, they were walking around. He's like, look, look right here. And he just pulls up this chunk of airplanes that's still lying there. Following the crash in 1979, Rossington formed uh, Rossington Collins Band with uh, surviving Skinner members Alan Collins, Leon Wilkson, and Billy Powell. Uh, Leonard Skinner reunited in 1987 with Ronnie Van Zant's youngest brother, John Van Zant, 
uh, handling the uh, frontman duties. They really were a powerhouse of a band. Yes, I they mean, were. They were talented musicians. The the default joke is Freebird, you know, right. and, and uh, um, which, but it's the legendary song that it is because it's a great song. So I saw them perform in, in early 90s at the Man Music Center. What iteration of the band would that have been, Preston? Cause when was it? Yeah, like um, 91, 92, something like that. It's a good question. I'm not sure. That would have been that would have been Johnny Van Zant, obviously, is the lead singer, but they've they had interchanged people in and out from time to time, and I'm not sure who all would have been Weren't in the band. Some members 38 Special as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 38 Special was a, was kind of a spinoff yeah. of uh of Leonard Skinner. And and they were one of those bands like 38 Special and Leonard Skinner, like uh, like with with Bachman Turner Overdrive and the Guess Who. Yeah. And these bands that had interchanging members. members. I'd lose track of who was in what band at what point and all that stuff. But that's the end of an era. That's, uh, you know, the last original member of that band. And there were like seven guys in that band. There were a lot of members and such great music. So sad news to hear today. Uh, on Friday, Travis Barker updated fans on social media following surgery on his broken ring finger. Oof, Marissa sent us the uh, Instagram post. Did you guys see it? Yes. Oh, I didn't want to look at it. Yeah, yeah they gross. actually showed it open. Oh, boy. You know. Uh, no blood, though. Along the, with a slideshow of pictures from the hospital, Betty wrote, it was a hard decision to make, uh, but ultimately, I couldn't continue to play the drums without it. Uh, he said his uh, finger would have dislocated again without the operation on his uh, for torn ligament. On Saturday evening, he posted a video of himself and Kim uh, Courtney Kardashian sharing a night out. Uh, he had his hand, arm, and arm wrapped in a gauze, but seemed to be feeling great. Uh, Blink-182 postponed their world tour after Barker's injury, which happened uh, during rehearsals last month. He originally tried to uh, continue and then injured it again a couple of weeks later, so he had no choice. Yeah, there's uh, nothing you could do. You had to, you had to get it done. Yep. Looks like it's filled with banana pudding. Doesn't it look like yeah. that? I think that's uh, the fat on the inside yeah, of your yeah. finger. It's n- gnarly. I saw I saw my own body fat when I cut open my arm one time. Uh, it's freaky. Man. It's horrible, dude. You don't want to. You're not supposed to see that. Uh-uh. Uh Over the weekend, Fallout Boy revealed a track list for their upcoming album, and actor Ethan Hawke is featured on a song. What? Yeah, it's called the Pink Seashell. A couple of years ago, bassist lyricist Pete Wentz told NME that it was inspired by a moment in Hawk's 1994 film Reality Bites. At the time, Wentz was planning to record it for a solo album, but ended it up. Uh, but it ended up on the new Fall Out Boy album instead. What moment from Reality Bites? Don't know, because uh, there's a few moments where he plays in a band yes. in that, and they, they show them at a club, and he's playing some songs, but that's a good question. I don't really know. I think you watch that movie every, virtually every scene, they, either, they have a cup of coffee and a cigarette. Right. Yeah. I only remember one scene from that movie, and he sings Kiss Off. Right. Uh, I guess to piss off Winona Ryder? He maybe? does, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, the group recently announced a 29-date tour that runs June through August. Now, Ethan Hawke, if, uh, in the movie um, about, or not, not about Boyhood, Boyhood yeah. yeah. He plays a musician that, or a wanna, right. wannabe musician, yeah. and he sings several songs in that particular movie, so he's definitely uh, musically inclined. You don't remember the cheesy dance scene when they're dancing to the next My Sharona, Casey, or on the, uh, <laughs> it's on the roof? It's, they're in the convenience store. The convenience store, store yeah. Uh, and, uh, Janine, Janine Garofalo Dolan, makes yeah. him turn it up, and it's, uh, <laughs> no. It oh is, gosh. it has a warm place in my heart because it's, it, it was attempting to be <laughs> the definitive movie of that period. Yeah. And it doesn't quite hit the mark. No. It, it's too forced, but I, I still enjoy it. Yep. For you, Nick, is it more or less cringy than that scene in Caddyshack? 
Oh man, where less. she's dancing around the uh, less. Yeah, I would fast green. when she finds out that she's not pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that I fast forward through that every time. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> that was not that scene, but <laughs> I've never swum. Guns and Roses, Elton John, and Arctic Monkeys have been announced as the headliners to England's famed Glastonbury Festival. Among the other performers set to play the grounds at uh, Worthy Farm, Pilton in Somerset, England between June uh, 21st and June 25th are Blondie, Lizzo, uh, Yousef, or Cat Stevens, uh, The Chicks, Lil Nas X, Lana Del Rey, Churches, Manic Street Preachers, Fatboy Slim, Monoskin, and Texas, among many others. It's a pretty big bill. That is a pretty big bill. So, yeah, it's over several days. So, yeah, Guns N' Roses, Elton John, and Arctic Monkeys will be the headliners. I'm not sure who's headlining what particular nights of that. Uh, This is cool for me personally to see. The Rush reissue series continues on April 28th with the new expanded editions of the band's beloved 1982 Signals album, which was the follow-up to their Watershed 1981 Moving Pictures collection. That was the first. That was the first new album for me. Really? When I had found out what Rush was. Okay. So, and that, so yeah. when that album came out, it was the first time I held brand new music from that band and listened to that album nonstop all the time. I watched a. Um, I guess I don't know how recent it was. A documentary uh, over the weekend. It was on YouTube, and it was um, Alex and Getty. Driving around their old neighborhood. Mm. And uh, Alex and Getty apparently lived seven, eight minutes apart mm-hmm. and hung out. And they were, but they were showing like where they would get beaten up by the bullies at school. And, oh. Yeah, that's from, um, yeah. uh, it's, it's the subdivision. The, the documentary that I've watched a thousand oh. times. No, it's not Exit Stage Left and it's not All the World's a Stage. It Ooh. is from the lighted, uh, wait. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's excellent. Okay. I've seen it several times. Yeah, it's great. So Rush had uh, Signal's 40th anniversary will be available to fans in three distinct configurations, including Super Deluxe, uh, the one LP picture disc edition, and, and Dolby. And mint chocolate chip. And mint chocolate chip, which is just delightful. <laughs> no, and uh, Dolby Atmos uh, Digital. A limited edition super deluxe box features eight lithographs of Neil Peart's original hand-drawn lyrics for each of the uh, each song on Signals, and it's only available through the uh, official Rush online store. Um, it, Signals was their ninth studio album in 1982, peaked at number ten in the U.S., three in the U.K., and uh, number one in Canada. Uh, spawned three signal uh, three singles. Uh, New World Man, which peaked at number 21, actually marks the band's sole top 40 hit to date in the States. That's crazy. Uh, The iconic Subdivisions, which hit number five on the Billboard's mainstream rock track. Subdivisions is what got me to appreciate Rush. Right. So I had always, I did not like the earlier, which I now love, the earlier falsetto-ish singing style. And then I retroactively went back and revisited everything and drew a better appreciation of them. Uh, the Analog Kid also reached number 19 on the same list. So I also love the, the, the music video for Subdivisions. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Nick just uh, showed me this. Lionel Richie is coming to town along with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That should be pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be a greatest hits tour for Lionel yeah. Richie, so nothing okay. but the hits, yeah. Uh, it's called Sing a Song All Night Long. Sing a song 
So that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. And then all night long <laughs> yeah. is Lionel Richie, so it's perfect. Uh, August 15th, Wells Fargo Center. I don't have any on-sale information. You, Nick? On the 13th at 10 a.m. I watched, I, I guess it was the premiere of American Idol last night, about uh, 10 minutes of it. How was it? I wanted to set my head on fire. <laughs> How's he on it? Lionel. He is... Obviously, of all of the people, he has every right to be sitting there. Yeah. You know, it is weird to watch his face yeah. never move. It's his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he is certainly valid. They're all, listen, they all have their chops. But, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about somebody you really want to impress, Lionel Richie. But for somebody who has been in this industry for <laughs> forever... Uh, man, does he miss the mark on what who he thinks is a star? Well, oh, I'm really? tired of you're a superstar. Every single person, you're you're, <laughs> you're a legend. Yeah, uh, really? Okay, okay. So, Lionel, name me the last four winners. You're the judge. Name me who won the last four times. I, who are these? Give me outside the original cluster. Name me an idol. Yeah. You can't. The kid, the kid we had on. What's that guy's name? Louis he Diamond? didn't win. He didn't win. He was like oh. top five. Damn it. He's got a new single out, though. Okay. It's really good. I yeah, no, he's it. talented. I'm just saying the mechanism, I wonder, even if you are worth a damn, and a lot of them are, yeah. does it just automatically, you don't have a good track record. No, but you know what, Steve? It did, uh, it premiered a couple of weeks ago, so whatever you were watching is probably, you know. Oh, like, did it? Yeah. Okay, so it was on after oh. um, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. I, you need something that has... Gravitas and credibility, like the mass Singer. That's <laughs> there you go. That's where you see. Now you're talking. Uh-huh. That's yeah. Who was the shrimp? Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's uh, the last item in music news. We will take a break. Come back in a second. Wrap it up with the letter of the day for the word of the week. You know how that works. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's MMR's Local Shots, Artists of the Month. Hailing from Fishtown, it's Velvet Rouge. the air every Wednesday at 6.30 with your host, Brent Porsche. Search local shots right now at WMMR.com for even more exceptional local music. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. And the station that's always supported Philly's music scene. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Monday morning. Just beginning to work weekend. But what's wonderful is we have a Word of the Week prize. It's going to be solid. We'll give it to you in a little bit. Uh, by the way, we uh, cleared up the confusion with uh, our potential guest that we're going to have this morning, Diane Franklin. Uh, it was Marissa's fault. So there you go. We cleared it up. <laughs> gave, her the, gave her the wrong time. And she, fessed up to it. Made, she made good. She made good on it. So we're going to have her on a Wednesday instead. So uh, got that all straightened out. But thank you to Mr. Paul Eisenberg. Yay! This morning, Bringing Hope Home is an amazing uh, charitable organization that helps out people uh, living with cancer, essentially paying your bills. Uh, pays your bills for, for you know, electric, rent, uh, food, whatever it may be. Um, and they do this through uh, a campaign is one of the things they have going on now through um, ACME. And it's the situation where you go up and on the pin pad, you can make a donation if you want to. So so easy. Paul yeah. wanted to get the word out, and we're happy to help him do that. So uh, stop by your local Acme. It's for the month of March. So thank you, for Paul, for coming on this morning. Uh, Pierre's here, back from uh, weekend. Hey, man. Good day. How'd the rest of your uh, Poconos day go? It was a wild day on Friday. Um, <laughs> uh, 
people just were in this joyous mood. So good. Uh, they were uh, celebratory, uh, and, you know, we uh, had a few bumps, but we we learned some things for next year. But um, uh, it was packed. Uh, the lodge was packed. Um, and, um, you know, it was good, though, even with that packed status of the big turnout, you didn't feel like a, a sardine in wow, a can. Like right. a, you had more than enough oh, room to get around. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Because oh, yeah. uh, where, where we were broadcasting from, Brent had to move into uh, the secondary bar and tavern, which is right next door. Uh, and he was broadcasting his show from there. But uh, he and I also went on stage to introduce Everclear, uh, and it started snowing. Oh. Um, I saw the video footage. It looked awesome. It was so blanking cool uh, because um, I I said, well, this band has played in heat waves. It played in small rooms and large rooms, indoors, outdoors. But to the best of my knowledge, this may be the first time they have played in a snowstorm. Yeah. How did that, everyone was saying how, how, how great it was. They nailed it. Yeah. And, yeah. But um, uh, Brent and Pancake and I were out there watching it and we were thinking it really started to get very cold, and um, y- y- their fingers, <laughs> yeah, uh, were exposed. You know, playing the guitars and the drums. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do for sure. Well, uh, yeah, Art ma- made mention of it. Art Al- Alexakis, he gave us a really nice shout out. Uh, said those guys have been with us for a long, long time. Uh, but uh, the crowd stayed till the end. The band played great, and it was really cool. Excellent. Then we went out for a little group dinner. We found a. We went to Dave McGrogan's place, Harvest, up mm-hmm. there. Uh, that was great fun. A bunch of us went out, and then we ended up in Brent Porsche's room, and <laughs> he broke out the tequila. That was oh. my biggest mistake. <laughs> uh, we went from a martini and wine at dinner to tequila, and then he had PBRs. Wow! And and uh, yeah. Do you know it was great? Any, any memory of it? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I left before you did. Uh, do you know what time you left Brent's room? We heard we heard the story about um, about how you had an open house in your hotel room for the whole day. I, no, it wasn't the whole day. It was the nighttime. But I forgot to. I I didn't lock the door. Uh, you know, if you in a hotel room, right. if you put the that thing on, sure, yeah, it'll keep the door cracked open. Uh, yeah, it'll keep the door. You know, if you turn one of the locks, it'll keep the door cracked open. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I did that on the yep. way out for uh-huh. dinner, <clears throat> and I came back, and we were going down the hall, and my room was just down the ro- road from Brent's on the same floor. I said, oh, I got to go back down. I lost my keys or my card keys, and then we passed my room. I go, oh, maybe not. <laughs> pressed it open, and but it was. But it was, it, the fact that there was, like, a ton of restaurants and things, like a real town, like, yeah. you know, and... Um, you know, and, and and obviously we had wonderful years with Jack Frost, but when I get there, you'd feel like I, I better lay in some some you know supplies. supplies. Yes, and I did not have that feeling. Right. You know. Right. By the way, you left Brent's room at three thirty in the morning. He texted me that. Oh, okay, <laughs> that you stuck around that long. I found texts that I was sending to my friends in California at four thirty, four forty-five. Sounds about right. So it wasn't a pretty morning the next day. <laughs> but um, do you? And I had to go. The Starbucks in that little mall thing was closed, so I had to go into downtown Scranton to get a Starbucks for the ride home. Um, but do you remember the Apple story? 
No, I do not. Uh, Brent uh, brought out a tray of apples. Oh, that story, yeah. So uh, he was serving up beers late night, and uh, <laughs> and Pierre said, uh, you know, it would be, be cool to get like a slice of lime or whatever. And so Brent's girlfriend sliced up some limes, brought him over to the little table in the hotel room. About Pierre, 15 minutes later. Not, well, whatever. In, yeah. in a short amount of time post-lime request, and you're like... Yeah, what are these apples? <laughs> they were like, these are lime slices that you had just requested. They, they are not Granny Smith apples. They were all cut up perfectly in a perfect circle, and I glanced down at them in my fog, and I said, oh, maybe this is a new tradition of, of eating an apple instead of a lime with a tequila. Yeah. Needless to say, that brought huge guffaws from Mr. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Porsche and Mr. Pancake and Mr. McElwain and... Uh, what are these, apples? Brent uh, and... His Bananas? Stacy. yes. But I go, look at the apples. And Nick just lost it with that one. I you go, had just requested the Well, line. who can be bothered with the details, for heaven's sakes? That, well, fun was had by all. Yeah. Yeah. Fun was had by all. And, yeah. There, there you go. go. Do it again next year. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all, right. all right. You ready for the letter, man? Sure. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the President and Steve Show brought to you today by the letter. A is in apples. <laughs> ah, it's perfect. Uh, we're going to give away four tickets on the floor to see Muse, Will of the People Tour, Sunday, March 19th, Wells Fargo Center. Special guest, Evanescent. Some tickets remain via Wells Fargo Center philly.com so we'll do that on friday what's happening on the show today pierre well uh we will get into a block of uh pink floyd and pearl jam uh, david gilmore's birthday today and then with the sad news of gary rossing's passing uh we will put in a block of leonard skinner as well absolutely all right i want to thank our sponsors preston steve shows brought to you today by duncan preston steve show runs on duncan also brought to you by lasik experts book your free lasik consultation today at LASIKExperts.com. and also brought to you by monster mania con 53 tickets for this weekend available at monstermania.net i'm it's a good thing i can move on the fly because this is brought to you by monster man con <laughs> <laughs> monster man i'm monster man i'm monster man uh, tomorrow on the program, Phillies announcer Scott Fransky joining oh, us. Nice. And we have a very special announcement. Yes. We're excited Ooh. about said special announcement tomorrow. All right. So be with us. That's it. We're done. Ray John. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve. Preston and Steve. On 93 from our early days of delivering ice and coal, Griffith Energy Services has been a leader in having the right comfort solutions for you. Folks rely on Griffith for everything from heating oil and propane to HVAC service, installation and repair, and so much more. Griffith Energy Services, doggone dependable for 125 years. Griffith specializes in train, but services all brands. Visit Griffith Energy Services today. Griffith Energy Services. Oh. Oh. Doggone dependable. License number MTHVACR012278.